It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, everyone. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Spencer Stoner could make it today. He's on assignment. He's trying to uh, secure us an exclusive interview in the Himalayas with Yeti. No, I'm just kidding. He's out sick. But Rob Nolt and uh, I, Jimmy Jones, your not-so-humble host, are here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday, the best-informed person you know, as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons and events, toys and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Boom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week... Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, will be joining us to go over the movies set to be released this coming week. And we have some great guests for you this evening. We will will be welcoming back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show the owners and creators of Midnight Comics, Lloyd and Natasha Jones. Uh, They have been uh, doing incredible work on their ongoing series and the rapidly funded Kickstarters prove it. And now they have launched a new Kickstarter for a double feature release, The Gray Number 1. And I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Admani, number one, A-D-M-A-N-I. Admani? Uh, there's no A in there. It's just A-D-M. Oh, Admani. Admani? Admani. Anyway, Lloyd and Natasha will be here to correct me on that, as well as I give you all the information you will need for the various tiers, and you don't want to be left behind on this groundbreaking double feature Kickstarter release from Midnight Comics. And get ready to rock out this evening as we have the leader of shock rock band Armagillion, the <laughs> Lord Armagillion, the divine beast himself, to talk all things Armagillion. And we will debut tonight during the show their latest single, Sweet Pain, just for you. The, all of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show. To add your voice, call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop, pop Culture Kaboom radio show, or you can send me a DM through the Pop Culture Kaboom radio page, through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. It's not the radio <laughs> page, it's actually just the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. So that's everything that's going on, and uh, so how have you been, Rob? I've been great. How about yourself? Uh, for some reason, I don't hear you. In the... uh, you don't hear oh, me? Oh, now I do. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, it sounded, I, I just heard you a room noise, and I'm like, oh. hey, I, I thought maybe the wrong mic was on or something. Well, Oops. I said I was great. <laughs> How about you? I am fine. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Uh, so we got quite a show we're going to be getting into. So let's start off with these uh, emails, since we emails. didn't get to them last week, because I just had been really busy. Um, got some behind-the-scenes stuff going on that hopefully I will be able to reveal very, very soon, uh, which is very exciting um, and very fun and uh, will hopefully very be very uh, um, agitatious, agitatious, whatever. I can't pronounce words. I don't even know what you're trying to say right Me there. Neither. Advantageous? That's it. Okay. <laughs> See, you did know. You just wanted to make me feel dumb. 
<laughs> I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't <clears throat> sure. So you are always welcome to send us an email, too, with your questions or comments about anything discussed on the show, your favorite fandoms, or with the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment. You can email us at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line. Very important. Please put in the subject line. Question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name and or city state that you live in. Actually, not an and or, uh, just an and, just city and state. Or if you're outside of the United States, feel free to put the country. If you live that you live in, then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. Or if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be. And you can follow simple instructions. So with that being said, here are some of the emails that we got. Not all of them, because people can't follow us directions. Right. <laughs> Somebody didn't follow directions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I get an email. It's like, um, you got to put your name in there. I'm not going to read emails over the, over the air for, very, right. for, a variety of, for a variety of reasons. Well, I don't want to do anonymous either, because then it sounds like we're making them up. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. So uh, first up, Rhonda from Carson City, Nevada. Uh, how come? How come you never talk about how Batman the animated series was the greatest cartoon ever? <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting response. I don't think it was the greatest cartoon ever, anime or um, for for starters. Secondly, I was never a fan of the animation style. Yes, that's I can. I'm saying that I I was not a fan of the animation style. It was too. Um, Blocky, I guess is the right word term for it. Mm-hmm. So you know, Batman. I think it was like a kind of like a precursor to them trying out like an anime style. It could have been, but all I all I can ever really remember of it is that Batman had this weird reverse triangle <laughs> form to him, where he's mm-hmm. like really big at the shoulders right. and really <laughs> narrow when it gets down to his feet. So that that always kind of threw me off. And so I mean, the voice acting and the and the, yeah. and the plot and the script writing was mm-hmm. great. It's just the animation. It's just it's kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last week. As to animation, I just could not get into. <laughs> uh, Eric and Whittier, California says Spider Man of the eighties was the best cartoon ever. No, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't either. Unless um, you're talking about Spider Man and his amazing friends, that right? that one was that one was good. That one was good. Um, do I you like have Transformers? A, you like Transformers? See, mm-hmm. I I could never understand and Transformers and GI Joe. Um, those two just always baffled and, me that you can f- – they had worst aimed in stormtroopers, <laughs> I mean, quite honestly. But my all-time, probably all-time favorite, which transcends decades, is Scooby-Doo. Really? Yeah. So you were like an original Scooby-Doo fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I have, I have a ceramic uh, mystery machine cookie jar. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, uh Okay. Yeah, he thinks that is the one, the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Because mm-hmm. I remember a Spider-Man cartoon that came out, like, and every time anything happened, you could tell they just repeated the scenes instead mm-hmm. of drawing more animation. No, Spider-Man and Amazing Friends, it had that weird, like, in like um, segue music when it would do, like, you'd go, like, kind of like the Super Friends. Yeah. That was actually, Super, Super Friends, Friends was, was good, too. Yeah, I that Super was good. Friends, yeah. I, I always liked the or announcer the, in the there. Justice, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, you know, that, you know, that courage. Ones that I would always just love to, uh, like, wait to appear would be um, the All-Star Racist. 
I think I remember those. Where they would have all the characters in their cars. Iconic. It was a Hanna Barbera one, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. yeah. But they would only come out like every so often, and it'd be like Penelope <laughs> and that one guy would. Yeah. yeah, that's it with it with uh, Smedley. Yep, yeah. Smedley. Yeah. See, I always liked Smedley. I don't know why. It was something about a oh, weird, great he, a weird dog in a he, trench coat. He was like. A perfect dog, because you know, because he was an evil dog, but he was like, "All right, master, whatever, loyal. screw you he too." Was loyal. <laughs> but yeah, but he would always go like, uh, "Sorry, you're bad now." And that laugh, man, I can't even imitate that laugh. Oh my god! Only like somebody with stage four emphysema can Im- imitate that laugh, mm-hmm. quite honestly. So, but <laughs> sorry, but speaking of dogs, I've been watching that um, show based on a true story on Peacock. About a podcast about a serial killer, it's freak, it's hilarious. What does that have to do with dogs? It, because there's this scene where this dog they give out they give away their dog for some reason, and I'm not going to go into it. But he's like playing with the dog, and he's trying to prove that the dog loves him more than the people they gave the dog to. And the dog has this whole like scene. It's and it's played perfectly where the dog like runs after the other guy and pushes him into a fire pit. The guy like lights on fire. Yeah. And the dog's just like has this smirk on his face, like, Yeah, buddy. Wow. You know? Yeah. And then it like it like comes back and it's the dog's imagination. It was just like that is the greatest dog ever that this dog just totally like imagined, Oh yeah, buddy, you know what I can do to you. You know, like <laughs> Dang. But I'm not going to. You watched some really sadistic <laughs> stuff. It was great. I like. <laughs> All right, guys. So, who was your favorite '70s cartoon? Uh, and then he asked if you remember Hong Kong Fui. Hong yes. Kong Fui, yes. number one super guy. Yep. <laughs> that was voiced by a uh, Scatman, actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember Hong Kong Fui. I don't know. I was a I was a latchkey kid, so 70s. I watched everything that was cartoon There's Josie wise. Josie and the Pussycats. Never watched that. I watched um, the Herculoids, uh-huh. which was a spinoff yep. of uh, Space Ghost. Yep, the original mm-hmm. Space Ghost, not that Space Ghost yeah, Coast, Coast, Coast weird yeah. one. Um, oh yeah, with the weird blood people. Well, and they, they had that the Herculoids, yeah, yeah, that shoot, shot <laughs> yeah. rocks yep. was really weird, and a big stone gorilla. Yep. Um, who else? Oh yeah, Grape Ape was always a fun one to watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> with Bigly story, Bigly, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest was Johnny always, Quest. That that one was the only cartoon I ever watched, and, and at such a young age too, I was like traumatized by the fact that they killed people in it. But right. anyway, yeah, people died. It was like, like, it was every like a precursor episode. to James Bond. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about James Bond, but definitely a lot of the kids spy shows that they have now. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could totally see a little bit of Johnny Quest in there. Oh, I know yeah. that uh, the Venture Brothers were total rip off. Oh, total rip off of Johnny Quest. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, they did those live animation oh, things that everywhere um, where it proves to me that everybody yes. in Hollywood had ADHD. HC and, oh yeah, HC Puff and stuff. And yes, also yes. they did a Sigmund the Sea Monster. Yes, and yep, uh, mm-hmm. what else did they do? Uh, the Banana Splits, I think, is one one of their one of their productions. But I think so. Yeah, those shows were the reason why we all have ADHD now, and also proves to me that everybody in Hollywood in the seventies was on some kind of hallucinogenic. The monkeys. It's not cartoon, but remember the monkeys. The TV show. <laughs> yes. Barely. See, I never liked watching live action stuff. I don't know what was wrong with me, but if it was a cartoon, I like. Uh, Battle Beyond or Battle of the Planets, uh, which I later got changed to G Force, um, mm-hmm. was one that I watched. Hey, you got to watch that one. That one, that one was cool. Uh, Voltron, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robotech. Um, I started to watch, but yeah, that was like wholesale 
carnage and violence <laughs> in space that battle. That was form. great though when we started first getting in like the anime like stuff. You know, yeah, like, it was it was so different than what we were used yeah. to. Yeah, you know? it was more realistic looking mm-hmm. uh, than you know, say Scooby Doo and. Uh, shaggy with his yeah. way. did he have a goatee or did he yeah, not yeah. or yeah. just a mutated chin I could never tell uh. you know <laughs> it's true he's from the hills have eyes anyway um, so that's that's why we never talk about it really because A it's been off the year for like a decade and B um, I don't consider it the greatest cartoon ever Rhonda alright Kurt in Roland Oklahoma uh, why all the hate for uh, speaking of Scooby Doo? Why all the hate for Scrappy Doo? I started watching. Sco- I think he's in reference to my comment last uh, last week about mm-hmm. you know um, with uh, Nickelodeon and the, and the green slime, right? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. And you had, uh, you had to say uh, I don't know, and they dumped the green right. slime. And mm-hmm. I said, what about dogs? And Spencer said, you know, dogs don't talk. I'm like Scooby Doo. Right. <laughs> then I said Scrappy Doo, and then I'd rather see battery acid poured on his head than. <laughs> Slime, but anyway, uh, I started watching Scooby Doo at the at about the time he was introduced, I think, and never had a problem with him. Well, that's probably why. Um, <laughs> if you watch Scooby Doo before he ever got on there, yeah, Sc- Scrappy was kind of the uh, death nail in the Scooby Doo coffin, oh, if you ask me. He was annoying. He was. I, I hated that whole da 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 puppy power thing. And, and, and you could tell towards the end too, when they before they like got rid of him too, that like even Scooby Doo was getting annoyed with him, <laughs> like. <laughs> And that's a cartoon. You know? They're like, scripting that in there, I right, think. You know, they're like... they're channeling the fans, I think, at that point. Um, and then the worst part was that they spun him off to the 13 Ghosts TV with Daphne and Vincent Price. Really? Yeah. And oh. it was like with Scrappy. Was like, <sighs> Yeah, if his name was in it, I didn't watch it. I watched it because I liked the premise, but it was just like. <laughs> Why did it have to be Scrappy? Yeah. Why? So yeah, um, that's why I I never liked Scrappy Doo. He was an annoying yeah. from the beginning. Uh, Eric also says he'd like to see a new version of Gilligan's Island, and I say <laughs> absolutely not. They, but anyway. they, they would be able to like it'd be so like how could they not get off the island at this day? And they age? better be stranded on a different planet. <laughs> yeah, what it be? Like, it, it better be like a Lost in Space episode. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Christopher in Danbury, Connecticut. Oh, um, he likes uh, Scooby. It, it was his. It wasn't his brother. I think it was his cousin, uh, Scooby Dumb. Mm-hmm. Scooby Dumb. Yeah. yeah, that was his cousin. The great. Yeah, the great. Yeah, the boom, great. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they had a. They had a whole crime site. Like they were like the Southern Scooby Doo. Like. Group. Oh, I remember, remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, they were really stretching. And then they had that other one with the, um, the ghost. Instead, he was like some weird like pirate ghost. I can't remember the name of the show, but it was uh, do- like they had a dune buggy that talked. Oh, that was Speed Buggy. Speed, I remember. Yes, yeah, yes, that's yes. when he started cross promoting with other cartoons, like Captain Caveman and stuff. Yes. Oh, I love Captain. <laughs> I got to play him. I know some people who look like Captain Caveman, but that's beside the point. Uh, Christopher from Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, you just showed the word. It's world. How racist you were for not liking the new TMNT movie because of April O'Neil being black. Um, TMNT is the abbreviations for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because he couldn't type that out i guess i don't know since uh, his autocorrect didn't correct him on world i'd i'd assume that's why um i never made a comment about april o'neill being black actually um yeah spencer mentioned that he wasn't too thrilled with the whole um race swap of april o'neill 
But Spencer was the only one who said anything about that. And, you know, what? so what? It's his prerogative. If you, if you, I might have just been, you know, one of those uh, unfortunate purists, as we're like to be labeled. Um, but if he, if he's a purist about it, so what? That's his opinion. Right. If he didn't like it for that reason, that's that's his that's his hangup, not mine. I don't think that was the reason why he didn't like it. But no, <laughs> I think it contributed. Maybe. Um, no, actually, from everything he said, it did not. It was. I not mean, a that's what I'm saying. Factor. Like, I, that's what I said. Maybe at the end. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't remember mentioning her at all. Yeah, I, I don't remember you and her being interested mentioned it at, at, at all either. Uh, you really showed your true colors, which is cr- pretty ironic since he's saying that uh, true colors and that I'm a racist at this in the same oh, you know email. Gotcha. But anyway, and I hope you're off the air next week. Well, I hope to disappoint you. All right, so moving on from the hate, uh, Tim in Roseville, California. And that's not too far from here. Yep. I'm completely behind the writers and actors strike. Mm -hmm. Okay, good for you. Uh, How come you don't talk more about it that on the show? And why don't you show your support for the strike? All right, that's a couple of questions to unpack there. Uh, First off, I do talk about it on the show. When when they did go on strike, that's kind of a... I did mention that while it's going on, it is kind of a lead story every week um, because it has ramifications for not only the actors and also... Um, the writers, uh, the strikes also affect everybody in the industry, mm-hmm. from the caterers to the lighting guys to the sound guys to the makeup artists. Everybody who's involved in a production is now out of a job waiting for the strike to be settled. Right. So, And um, somebody posted a, a while back, you know, hey, um, all you writers – um, they need English lit teachers. So if you're needing money or a job while on strike, uh, become a teacher, um, which I don't know if uh, that's actually something that they can do uh, with, you know, being as a part of a union to seek other employment while on strike. I have no idea. Yeah. So I don't that's... remember. My dad would go on strike all the time with his union, but I don't remember like the ins and outs of it. I was like, 12 yeah I, I don't know the ins and outs of I, i'm not part of a union i've never been a part of a union i don't know the ins and outs of that so if they can you know i would say you know knock yourself out make sure you're getting you know yourself taken care of um other than that uh why don't you show your support for the strike because this radio show is not a forum for supporting or not support or um, either side of any kind of dispute um, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, I know Rob has a positive opinion of the strike, and and I know Spencer also has a positive opinion of the strike, but uh, the show is not a place for us to have that kind of a conversation, and that is why, Tim. Um, so, yeah, there you are. And I think we mentioned, like, how many days. We mentioned some lead story about what's It's about every it. week. You know, yeah, so it's just not the major topic of the week. No, I mean, there's always stuff to get to. Mm-hmm. So um, so those are the emails uh, for the last two weeks uh, that I was and that I'm able to read. If you'd like to send us an email again, you can send it to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. And the, the Phoenix question of the week, uh, which is going to be uh, which tabletop game was your favorite growing up that you wish you still had? Um, any thoughts on that, Rob? That I wish I still had. I yeah, I don't remember. I'm trying to think of a game that I used to play when I was a kid that I that I don't have anymore or couldn't get anymore. I know that's what I'm like. 
because <laughs> as far as I know, they're all pretty much still uh, Operation I, the, was always an interesting game. Well, that one was, was great about like Operation is that it like it changed over time. Like the Monopoly games, you got different variations of it. You know? Yeah. So that was good. Like in Clue too, you got different variations of Clue. Um, I always wanted them to make like a Road Warrior version of the Game of Life. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been interesting. They should I, expand on that the, one. You know what? They changed life, like from like the way back when to now. Like it's different. Like it's really, yeah. It's not as hard. Like <laughs> oh, you're telling me. <laughs> if only the kids these days knew that. Um. So yeah, uh, I can't think of any game that I did not have as a youth that I can't get to now. So that is that. Um. So with the music coming up. That means that it is time for us to take a hard break. When we get back, there will be more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. All right, so the big story this week, as in the past couple weeks, uh, the WGA strike is now officially in its 89th day, and the SAG-AFTRA strike is in its 17th day. And with the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes currently raging on, it's a really weird time to be a media company having a quarter to 2023 earnings call. (laughs) But that's exactly what Warner Bros. Discovery CEO David Zaslav And his team had ready to go, and it was definitely a mixed bag of results. Without being able to tout the benefits of Barbie until next quarter, Warner Brothers Discovery missed Wall Street goals on a number of levels, but it scored huge when it came to having free cash on hand. But the fact that a decent chunk of that came from as came from as a um, air quotes benefit, using that word loosely, streaming stimming from the strikes, slowing and shuttering productions, thus money's not being spent won't and shouldn't sit well. In addition, it looks like television and film release schedules will remain fluid, while Zaslav teased some streaming movement coming soon on the sports and news side. As far as Wall Street expectations go, uh, there were some misses. A Warner Brothers Discovery's loss per share came in at 52 cents, uh, 10 cents worse than Wall Street's estimated 42 cents. In addition, revenue dropped 4% from the previous year's quarter, with $10.358 billion also coming in below expectations, while streaming numbers saw a loss of 1.8 million subscribers, 85.8 million total subscribers. Uh, some of the big reasons noted included the box office bomb that was the Ezra Miller starring The Flash, a volatile and, and ad sales marketplace, and the cost of the linear television business. As far as the flow of free cash goes, Warner Bros. Discovery reached $1.7 billion, more than doubling the $785 million from the same quarter last year and surpassing Wall Street's thoughts on the matter. While streaming losses begin, or while streaming loses losses are there should have been an R in there are beginning to slow down, and Warner Brothers Discovery now looking for five billion in cost savings post Warner Brothers Discovery merger, the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. While Lazloff was hopeful that all sides will get back to the negotiating room soon, and that these strikes get resolved in a way that the writers and actors feel that they are fairly compensated. 
here comes the villain. <laughs> w uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CFO Gunnar Woodenfels touted the benefits that the company has earned from the strike. Benefits. Oh, my God. The benefits, uh, which, and here's the quote, uh, we estimate we're in the low 100 million range during the quarter Weddendale's shared. In fact, CFO expects the company to see its free cash flow grow even further in quarter three because of the strikes. That's not really something you want to be bragging about. I mean, quite honestly. But, hey, you know, if you're, if you're not paying anybody, of course you're going to have free money. I mean, right? Ugh, <laughs> oh, no, go ahead, say it. <laughs> I, I can't. know. Oh, come <laughs> on. on. We got video. a dump button. <laughs> <laughs> I I just hope that they lay into him like they did to Bob Iger. That's all I can say. Yeah, or worse, actually, because mm-hmm. you know his are a little bit more. I don't I, know. It kind of signifies the greed that everybody talks about right? by talking like that. So. I did hear though that they are um, they are starting to want to negotiate again with the WGA, so mm-hmm. I did see a couple articles over the weekend about that. I haven't. Well, of course they do because they got to get those writers back in here so they can get their stuff finished. Oh, yeah, but so. I think you know. I mean, this leads more and more. I think that they the TV needs to adopt more of the European model where they have different shows each quarter instead of the same show for the entire you know. September through June, like. <laughs> oh well, they take that mid-season break. Remember? But that's what I mean. Like you know, if, if they if they adopted more of that, where they had different shows each quarter, the shows lasted what twelve episodes, eighteen, whatever they're lasting, twenty-one episodes. Then boom, you have a new show. We wouldn't have. They wouldn't be scampering for programs. Content. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, and uh, and here's another thing too, if they wrote more than eight episodes. That would yeah. be nice. Cause... But that's more on the streaming side than it is on. It depends on the on the show, because like Walking Dead, it was like a major minor miracle oh. that their final season was actually in double digits. Yeah. And then what is it? I think the new one, the Maggie spinoff one. It was, was only six episodes. Yeah. The, the... But that's going to get a season two. <laughs> or, or the second half of season one, however right? you want to look like... at it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, it all depends on your viewpoint on that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, if they wrote more than, you know, single digits for yeah. for an episode count, then mm-hmm. that would be nice. I mean, I think what what we do in the shadows is the only show that actually comes to mind, even though it seems like it's a total improv troupe mm-hmm. that has uh, – that and uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Another – weird show that seems like it's an improv group rather than an actual show so you know if oh yeah if they actually you know the scripted comedies like or scripted shows regardless of what they are actually went longer than 10 episodes i think would be be good that was my biggest complaint about the expanse too that it was because that was good Mm -hmm. but it was so short each season that right come on Come on, and that's how. But the, you know, and 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 I think that's because that's how sci-fi started doing their limited. Like they would bring out the new series, like, even like with their Battlestar Galactica when they brought that back. It was like I think what twelve episodes or something like that. Like the first season, you know, like it was, you know, it was like you brought it back, but then you shortened it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we want these episodes. We want to see these, you know, shows. Tell the story. Eighteen episodes, not eight. 
you yeah. know, you got I, I was about to say, remember when MASH used to be like 23 episodes of well, a season? And the thing, like even um, The Simpsons and, or, and like Family Guy and stuff, they're still like 21 episodes. Yeah. And those have to go through a lot because they got the writing, they got the animating, they have, you know. Voice acting. The vo- yeah, you know, so versus, okay, we're editing it, boom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just or, or filmed here's it. Here's the script. Know? There you go. And especially with like these new things, like um, I know Star Trek has that um, kind of green screen studio type thing, like Disney does, where they can build practical sets that meld with the the background, the background, all, uh, and like... they can have additional things going. And it was like really cool, evident on the last episode of Strange New Worlds because they were showing like the intimate amount of like um, the medic happening, but the battle in the background happening. Really? Yeah. So it was like it was really cohesive. So you know, nice. and I think with the advantage, <clears throat> the the advantages of that that they could do more. Well, they, and also the advantages of that from uh, just looking at it from an actor's standpoint, you're not pretending. Yeah. <laughs> that no, something's going on in the background. Exactly. You can actually see something going, going yes, on. Yes, exactly. Which would be kind of distracting for me, too, because I yeah. can't multicast I'd be like, like that. wow. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Holy <laughs> sh- No, can't say that on TV, can Wait, I? Wait, did that just happen? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I guess we better be killing Wait, is that a- the one I'm supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so many things I could add to that, but I'm not gonna. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I if they that actually is a sounds awesome. Really, oh, I got a question for you. So you're watching Strange New Worlds? Have, yes. have they done the musical episode yes. yet? Absolutely oh. fabulous. I actually listened to the act because they release a soundtrack too on streaming services. Really? Oh yes, I've listened to the soundtrack. <laughs> it it was really good because it was like a true musical episode the the musical pieces were the story the continuation of the story they weren't there for just i'm singing in the rain type of thing no it was to move the story along they sang about it yeah oh, and it, it, it was, was like classic musicals then. but yeah well yeah it, and it was great because it was a whole all about the fold like this they found a fold in a space fold and they were trying to communicate with it and um, they found out that music was the way that they were able to communicate with it. They sent out because um, music is a universal language. Well, yeah, <laughs> and they they sent it out, and then everybody's like, and it was funny because the first song that they sing, everyone's like, "It's so confounding. I don't know why we're singing." You know, like, <laughs> and, and the captain kept going, "Yes, but why are we singing?" You know, like, <laughs> it was just like this whole like. It was great. I actually, I, I, I loved it. It was great. It was, wow. So the, the whole singing part, was that like, was it something like affecting them to make yeah, everything it, come it, out exactly. as a song? It was like, it was kind of like, you know, there's always a problem. Uh-huh. So they had to solve out like how to stop the singing. They, oh, okay. And so in order for them, it, w- it was always triggered by an emotional response. And so it was like, hey, this is going to actually be like a security threat because people are going to start saying like, oh, we got a caller. And that's what they're going to be saying? No, but we have color. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hello, caller. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Robert from Dreamworld. Hey, hey Robert. Robert. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, the uh, musical episode was awesome. <laughs> yeah, see? I told you. <laughs> uh, see, I, I don't watch the Star Trek anymore. Well, you know my opinion about the Star yeah, Trek right yes. now, because it's a prequel, so I'm not too thrilled about prequels. So, uh, you know, uh, but I, as long as you guys are able to, so you enjoyed it very much. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it, does it have that classic Star Trek vibe when it does stuff like that, or no? Well, it's got, it's the only genre Star Trek hasn't tackled. Right. <laughs> Till now. Right. 
Because I did remember reading that uh, you know they they liked it so much they're going to actually include it in more in another I, I, I in think the so, next like, season. Well, and reading back, uh, looking at a lot of them, a lot of them actually had musical theater background. <laughs> or like stage Broadway background, you know. So this is like I'm like, oh, that's why they could all actually sing, like you know. <laughs> wow. So uh, so you enjoyed that episode, uh, Rob? So I take it, Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah. The numbers were uh, with the storyline. It mm-hmm. brought out character traits that you didn't know. Um, yeah, set up future episodes. Oh yeah, really good episode. Yeah, and, and and you remember I was saying like they had to, they always have a problem to solve. Well, in order to solve the problem, they had to get the entire ship to, to sing spontaneously the same song. Like, <laughs> How would you, would you even yeah. coordinate that? Okay, they had the communications officer. Oh, so the communications <laughs> officer actually earned their she job. Start, yeah, she started. Okay. Well, and it was cool because they started talking about how that she actually would, had to resort to the way they did it before. And she's on her board going, all right, I'll get that to you. And she's sending like an old, like a switchboard operator. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I will check that out because that does sound even Even as a one-off episode, I think you'd enjoy it, even if you had no idea what was actually happening, like well, to the characters, you know what I mean? Or who the characters yeah. are. Well, no, no, they actually bring it out in the in the music why the song pertains to each character. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So you don't need to know anything about what's going on. Yeah, that's what I said as a like one off. It's perfect to just. All watch. right. Yeah. Well, I will uh, probably if I can find some time this week because I got some um, big stuff in in motion right now. Uh, <laughs> if I can find the time, I will get that. Uh, I, I will try and check that out. Um, usually, I kind of I've been avoiding all of these, especially STD. <laughs> I was avoiding that, <clears throat> um, but uh, <laughs> no pun intended that I was avoiding the STD. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I will uh, check that out. Uh, so what else has been going on, Robert? Oh, no, I'm actually got the store open, so I'm just doing stuff. We had a really good day, so nice. I got to say, it was a good day. Rebuilding the store right now. Oh, rebuilding. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we got hit pretty hard, so it was. Uh, I was going to say happy recovery. <laughs> oh. uh, when you say got hit really hard, I was like, "Whoa, what does that mean?" Oh, uh, Spencer is joining us via me- text message. Oh, uh, he liked the X Men cartoon. That was awesome. Ah, okay. Um, <clears throat> I got oh, Robert. Did you have a favorite cartoon? Um, cartoon. I loved Battle for the Planet. That, wasn't that the one that later got changed to G Force, where it had yeah, like a, yeah. okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was weirdly awesome. And it was in a strange way. Seven Zark Seven and um, God, I forget the characters. Mark and Jason and Princess and yeah, can't uh, oh, the other one. Um, Tiny. Yeah. They always uh, it was Tiny. always a thing with the with the uh, Japanese animation back then. They always had a really big big person guy. named Tiny. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And then like... Kiop. Remember Kiop? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Those were the days. <laughs> it was, and they joined together and turned the, the ship into the Phoenix. The Fiery Phoenix, actually. The Fiery Phoenix, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those were the days. Kids, yeah. Google it. If, if you're not of a certain age and you're sitting here scratching your head wondering uh, or looking at the ra- or looking at your radio like a dog that just heard a strange noise, Google <laughs> <laughs> Battle Beyond the Planets or uh, G-Force, either one. Um, they all had like bird themed costumes and colors, yep. so it, it was a definitely a yes. Yeah, so I think it was pretty much Power Rangers before Power right. Rangers, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah, um, and uh, Ted Knight was one of the 
announcers on oh Super Friends. God, he was? <laughs> yeah. uh, but you remember that, in, that whole, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Ted Knight. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, we're getting close to a, uh, gotcha. another hard break, so we're going to let you go. But, hey, thanks for calling in. And, wow, that that was a stroll. I, I forgot their names until you started rattling them off. Mark and Jason, those two always butted heads. And, you know, Princess always wore the little mini skirt thing. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiny was always eating. Shocker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was kind of like a, you know, nah, I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, thank you for calling in, and we'll uh, talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. All right. So, yeah, um, we were we left off with uh, talking about, uh, uh, yeah, we are aging ourselves, actually. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's a good age to be. <laughs> got my ARP card. Ready to go to. I'm ready. I can't wait for my ARP card, man. They got some really? good discounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You already researched it, huh? Bang. No, my uh, my brother-in-law, who's like way younger than me, he he was reminding me. We were talking about. it. I go, hey, man, I'm ready for ARP. He's like, dude, they have some good discounts. I'm like, oh, they do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at Denny's. <laughs> Ooh, senior discounts at Denny's, man. All right, uh, we didn't get much. At the casinos can't wait for that. <laughs> Does it say what? The d- the senior days at the casinos. Really? Yeah, they have those. I did not know that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking about the musical Star Trek. Yep. Yeah, we were, weren't we? Thank you, Eric, for keeping our beer in our place caper. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately, the music's coming up, so that means uh, we'll be back because we got. Uh, he, uh, he Eric just got his offer actually. <laughs> got his arp oh <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny all right so more pop culture boom radio show after this so don't go anywhere because we still got a lot of stuff coming up And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So, Bleeding Cool, previously reported on Shock, a Black Horror anthology coming from Second Sight. It now seems they will be working with Dark Horse Comics to bring the comic book anthology wider distribution and prominence, boosting, boasting more than 200 pages of drag. Wow. They don't make them like that anymore. Uh, from award-winning black writers and artists, it also boasts the largest collection of Glyph Comics Awards winners and nominees in a single publication. Wow. Well, I, I'd imagine so if you have 200 pages. <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. It's an anthology, though, so it's going to be multiple stories, so that's cool, too. Yeah, So, but uh, 200 pages, usual comic book is about 22 pages, mm-hmm. so you got about 10 stories mm-hmm. in that one nice. issue, at least, uh, approximately. Maybe approximate maybe maybe they're going with longer stories you know or shorter yeah who knows i don't yeah. uh i wasn't i didn't get an advanced copy you hear we me privy, i we need an advanced we copy on those conversations <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we didn't get an advanced copy anyway uh collection editor and coo of second sight publishing marcus roberts says the project is a collaboration between john jennings bradley golden and myself who all hail from the south me too. Our yeah. brand of horror has been called Southern Gothic Horror and has been in the making for two years. Well, wow, that's a long time. Shock! A black horror anthology will be in bookstores January 30th, 2024 and comic shops 
January 31st, 2024. So the next day. Why didn't you say that? <laughs> uh, also from Bleeding Cool. Uh, they were the first to notify, notice the presence of the Sacrificers launching from Image Comics for Free Comic Book Day 2023. I remember when I went over all of these mm-hmm. Free Comic Book Day comic books? And this is why I went over all of those free comic books. So this is a collector's alert ahead of its upcoming launch as an ongoing series that was released this week. And it seems anticipation in the comic book market is high. Copies of the free comic book day edition, of which there were over 100,000 printed and given away for free, because it was free comic book day (laughs) in comic book stores, have been selling for around $7 on eBay, which is not unusual. But copies of the free comic book day exclusive cover from Collector's Paradise, which were also given away for free, have been selling copies on eBay up to forty dollars. Now, how did you end up with those ones versus the other ones? You would have to go to. I just lost where my place in this article, or I could have told you a lot. Collector's Paradise. Okay. So apparently, uh, let me look up. I think Collector's Paradise is an exclusive store um, that does the. Uh, so they the, had. So they had certain variant covers. They had their own specific okay. variant cover. Apparently, gotcha. <clears throat> so and yeah. So even though the store it's the store itself is selling copies directly for ten dollars right now, that's a four hundred percent markup. Well, yeah, it's going to be like uh, anything markup when it was free, right. otherwise known as easy money. And it was only a and by the way that uh, variant cover there was only a print run of one thousand. Oh. So very rare comic book. If you can get your hands on one now. Um, if the sacrificers uh, is as uh, anticipated as they're making it sound, then it'll definitely continue to go up in value. Yeah. <clears throat> so Neil Gaiman is <laughs> relied talked about it last week, I believe, um, that he's doing a graphic novel that's on Kickstarter. Right. Uh, the Apocalypse tier for the Good Omens graphic novel Kickstarter, which launched today for Sir tier. Terry Pritchard's estate. Neil Gaiman and Colleen Doran was available for, to just one person who donated $10,000 or 8,000 um, euro uh, to the project. In return, one generous person will get to be named character, be, oh, will get to be a named character who appears in the graphic novel in the foreground with an original sketch by Neil Gaiman wow. and a print of your cameo signed by Colin and Neil. Colleen, sorry, as well as William the Antichrist hardcover signed by Neil, signed copy of the Good Omens graphic novel, the floppy disk keeper of the official master, exclusive Beelzebub enamel pin on a hell card, exclusive Metatron enamel pin on a heaven card, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pritchard collector's enamel pin set, Crawley and, oh man, Asafel socks, I'm Asafel. Am I saying that correctly? I do not have to see it. It'd be from a... Oh, it's A-Z-I-R-A-P-H-A-L-E. Azrafel, yeah. Azrafel? Oh, cool. Uh, A3 Geisel print signed by Colleen. Creator theme notebooks. One by 1X Neil Gaiman. 1X Terry Pritchard. 5X Good Omens enamel pins. A giant map of Tadfield. Loot Loot pack number two. Loot pack number one. Variant Frank quietly covered desk cover, one uh, X copy of the Good Omens graphic novel hardback, <sighs> and in the time it took me to sale, that somebody bought it. 
<laughs> right? I was just going to say, like, I hope somebody, like, oof. No, literally, somebody did buy it. So somebody forked out ten grand to be in a comic book. So I guess that's one way to get into a comic book. But never but fear. It, what, what actually, though, is different, though, from this, from past Kickstarter campaigns that I've heard of, is that this character is actually in the foreground with an original story. So they're actually, like, not just, oh, hi, you appear. No, they're, like, in the story. Like, they're, they're part of the, <laughs> the story. story. Yeah, like, so... Hmm. so. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because usually it's just like a background. Yeah, right. Here you are. Right, exactly. Page seven for. Right. Oh, and oops, it got edited out. Yes, page seven, <laughs> panel four. That's all you get. Right. Thanks for your money. Oh, it's a profile. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but never fear. There are ten more opportunities to appear in the Good Omens graphic novel as more of a background <laughs> character. You're just talking about. Uh, maybe you're there while Crawley and. As a fail, uh, feed some ducks. Maybe you're there for some, walking your feed dog in the background. Yeah, who knows what they <laughs> Maybe you're there for something a bit more high octane, or maybe you're there. You're stuck on the M25. I don't know what that means. Uh, what you'll be up to will be at the discretion of Colleen, but there are plenty of places in the journey towards the apocalypse that we can't wait to see where you will turn up. You'll also get a print for your pro- uh, of your priceless cameo signed by Colleen. That's that's for a mere $3,500 or um, £2,750 or whatever uh, British um, monetary Mm -hmm. system is. Uh, Checking now. Still 10 left in. uh, Still 10 left if you're quick. And if you get all of the other stuff named above as well, uh, that goes along with the uh, uh, apocalypse um, package. So you get all that other stuff too? Yeah. Well, kind of. Well, with the exception of the foreground character? Correct. Well, dang. Yeah. Like, that seems like a bigger bargain. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they've made enough money. I, I Well, I, I'm sure those are all tier unlocks right. you know, on, the, on the Kickstarter. So I'm sure everything's unlocked now. So, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and you're going to get everything. Yeah, but that's a little bonus, I guess. Uh, there are also cheaper levels with a variety of things you can get. The Good Omens graphic novel itself, when it is released, will be $26 or £20. Wow. Uh, here's a here's a punny one for you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Think I'm kidding? Uh, this howl Oween <laughs> Capwolf is putting the howl back in the howling commandos. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I could not write that with a straight face. Marvel Comics on Friday announced Capwolf and the Howling Commando- Commandos, a four-issue limited series. The World War II set story teams Sergeant Nick Fury and his Howling Commando- Commandos Corporal Dum Dum Dugan, Dugan uh, Gabriel Gabe Jones, Robert Rebel Ralston, Jonathan Jr. Jupiter, Izzy Cohane. I guess he doesn't get a uh, um, <laughs> fun nickname. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get a nickname. And Dino Manelli with Steve Rogers, the Sentinel of Liberty, who becomes the Sentinel of Lacanthropy. That was bad. Uh, this four-issue limited series, well, did somebody think they were actually writing for, like, Comedy Special or something? I don't know. know. This four-issue limited series will tell an all-new story where Steve becomes a terrifying werewolf during an early World War II mission. Luckily, his fiercest allies are by his side, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. After years of combat, this elite squad of soldiers thought they've seen it all, but this might be their wildest adventure yet. 
as the series captures the spirit of Stanley and Jack Kirby's classic wartime story- storytelling with a modern mystical twist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like interesting to see werewolf with you know Captain America powers, <laughs> or, or just a uniform on. Right. Yeah, but is it ripped? You know, because like, well, of course it you is. Know, or is it like, or does he just have the pants? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wouldn't have the red boots, those trademark red boots, and would he still carry the shield? That's what I mean. Like, you know, like what, like, <laughs> or would it like be like, ha- you know, his ears sticking out the helmet? <laughs> yeah, but that would be ripped. I mean, obviously, I mean, like, a, a, a those wolf are some head good versus... ears, you know, the ears going through there. Yeah, you but know? a wolf head versus a human head, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric Hydra was not enough. You got to have werewolves in there too. So apparently, oh, well, they they're taking the howling commandos literally. Mm, <laughs> wow, now you're getting punny about it, which is that's all right. You get punny. So from the comic book screen being released August 9th, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest for, to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. Keep, to keep this list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your book or books in the future. First up from AWA Studios, Madness, number one of six, with a wall busting five cover variants. Uh, no, it's not the band Madness from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, uh, Blood Moon Comics has uh, Uh-oh. Duchini Smile, number one, one shot with two cover variants, D-U-C-H-E-N-N-E. I, you, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, that was good enough for me. Uh, Boom Studios has Mech Cadets, number one, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. Comic Book Guys has the longest title of the week. They also have a comic book coming out titled... Revenants Escape from New York Comic Con number one one shot with a wallet busting six cover variants. DC Comics has Superman 2023 annual number one one shot with a wallet busting six cover variants. What? No um, list of like 20 different right? titles <laughs> that say uh, what, what is their thing going on right now? Nightmare or something or other? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream Realm, whatever it is. Right. Uh, Okay, Dynamite Entertainment. Uh oh. <laughs> Vampirilla Dracula Rage number one. You want to take a stab in the dark on how many cover variants this week? Twenty-seven. Wow, not bad. Pretty close. Twenty-two. Ah, I was gonna say twenty-two. <laughs> but I was like, no, that was too close to last week. <laughs> by one too because it was 21 last week right? so yes a bank busting 22 cover variants for vampirilla dracula's dracula rage number one and it's not even dracula's rage it's just dracula, dracula rage. rage image comics has enfield can't speak english anymore <laughs> no uh enfield game massacre number one gang massacre number one of six that sounds like a family-friendly comic book Marvel Comics has Children of the Vault, number one of four, with four cover variants. Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons, Vengeance, Alpha, number one of four. That sounds like code. Uh, right. With a 
Bank? Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> Vengeance Alpha, go, go, go. Uh, with a wallet-busting 11 cover variants. Spider-Man Annual Number 1 with two cover variants. Star Wars Return of the Jedi Max Rebo <laughs> Number 1 with four cover variants. Why doesn't that just say one shot? I mean, how many how many comics can you make of Max Rebo? He was the piano player. I know, that's I, I like <laughs> And he had no arms. He played with his feet, I found out. So, you know, it's like, not, not. I mean, very articulate toes, but what else is it going to do? Uh, anyway. Anything on, goes. <laughs> on <a> press. <laughs> uh, Dwellings number one of three with a wallet busting five cover variants. Rebellion 2000 AD with battle action number one of five with two cover variants. Scout Comics has comic books kill number one. Go, go, go with a two cover variants. Just the kidding. Go, go, go. No, okay. no, I'm just kidding about that part. <laughs> and Titan Comics has Scarlet Contour, the Munich file number one of five with a wallet busting seven cover variants. So that would, are you, oh, I'm not keeping you awake. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, not too much with the on the front of comic books being real. But again, bear in mind those are just like I said, number one issues and or anniversary right. issues. So, but there was a ton of comic books coming out this week. A lot of different goofy ones, you know, um, like in between issues. Mm-hmm. So, can't wait for uh, a couple of the actual different series to be starting up here in in, in the next couple of months. Um, and see what happens with those. What series? So, are you um, most anticipating? Well, I'm waiting specifically for Poison Ivy to start back up again. Once the Night Terrors, that's what it is. Uh-huh. Um, garbage ends that DC is running right now because I am not a fan of that at all. Uh, I think the, the, oh. the Nightmare Creature looks like the the uh, uh, Wicker Man or something. I don't know. He, the picture I saw was just the goofiest looking thing I've ever seen. He's got like long wooden looking fingers mm-hmm. and swimming goggles or something i don't know what he's got going on but it just did not look <laughs> did not look right did not look scary that's for sure so i i think nightmare in the marvel universe is scarier looking than this right you know it looked like somebody just threw a bunch of garbage together and hey look at me <laughs> <laughs> kind of steampunky but not <laughs> yeah, well, no not even steampunky oh. it was just goggles so they were welding you know just weird looking goggle eyes Goggle not eyes. Google eyes, goggle eyes. So yeah, um, man with the goggle eyes. <laughs> Are you going to do musical everything now? Because we talked about that. I don't know. It's, I it's hope the not. Because I mean. <laughs> uh, that's the second one I caught <laughs> within the last it's five not minutes. On purpose. I got to tell you that. <laughs> it's what? It's not on purpose. Uh oh. It sounds like there's a plot. <laughs> We better figure solve this problem and quickly. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Pop Culture the Boom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And let's get into some cons and events shall we there here are the cons and events i was able to find going on worldwide the week of august 7th through august 13th i cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events they will stop happening or will not return to your area so if you're thinking i'll go next week next month next year they might not happen near you ever again period if one or more of these are near you go check them out and if they are not check your local game hobby and comic book shops for great events going on in your area if you have or know of a pop culture event going uh, coming up in your area i can 
add to this list, please contact me at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the day and dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming lists. First up, August 10th through the 13th is Anime Matsuri 2023 at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas. Fan ed, August 10th through the 13th is Fan Expo. Okay. Uh, August 13th through the... And that was a little premature. Whoa, a little bit of feedback and hit the top one. Nope. There you go. And... Uh, That's right. I forgot. Lloyd, Natasha, you there? Yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. 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 <laughs> oh, did he get in? Uh, you both are, should be there, right? No, I have to call Lloyd back. Well, who else is on the line here? Oh, they hung up. <laughs> Whoever that oh, was, they uh-oh. hung up. So never mind. So, Natasha, you're on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, can we put you on hold for just one second so he can, because uh, he has to uh, get Lloyd on the line, unless you want to tell Lloyd to give us a call. Uh, yeah, that's the way it would be fun. All right, 775-515-4141. And we'll patch him right in as we get started. All right. So, uh, now that he has that information. Um, so, Natasha. Oh, no, Lloyd, you there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I got Lloyd and Natasha Jones on the line. They are the owners and creators at Midnight Comics. And uh, first off, uh, they were on the show not too long ago, and they were had the Kickstarter for Soul, uh, which actually was funded in 12 hours. Nice. Um, now they're on this week because they have a new Kickstarter coming out. They have a double feature Kickstarter for two comic books, The Gray, and I'm going to mispronounce Am I pronouncing this correctly? Admoni? Yep. Perfect. Uh, hey. <laughs> yay me. <laughs> it is so rare I actually get something right when it comes to pronouncing. I, I'm not kidding. Um, so, and uh, you have a double feature of both number one issues coming out for this Kickstarter. And congratulations, you were funded in eight hours. Woohoo. Yes, sir. Thank you. And also, you're being featured on the uh, Kickstarter pay, um, front page as a. As a uh, um, projects we love so congratulations on wow. that as well yes so you guys are uh, you guys are just knocking it out of the ballpark how do you feel amazing excited. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. amazing and excited both of at the so same awesome. time uh, yeah i yeah. mean congratulations i actually have the kickstarter up right here in front of me which is uh, so it's already been funded so you guys are all set you're golden um, but you still got 11 days worth of, uh, f- you know, for anybody who's listening that would like to go and check it out. Um, mm-hmm. So, and this is only, by the way, their fourth created um, Kickstarter. So, Dang. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, yeah. you know what that tells me right there? You guys are great. Yeah. You, you <laughs> what guys, you're doing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. you. People want thank what you guys are making. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that by having you on to talk about yes. it. So. Um, I'm going to go all the way down to the uh, big, big kahuna one, the Midnight Collector, uh, where you get 14 items by uh, doing this uh, tier level, um, including the gray issue number one, the gray issue number one cover poster, the gray Tinkerer, Tinkerer (laughs) poster. Tinkerer, sorry. (laughs) Uh, What is the Tinkerer poster? 
No, just her tinkering with some text. That's all. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. pretty, pretty straightforward. It's essentially, the um cover for, the cover for issue zero is a poster, though. Oh, it's yeah. really cool. Yep, I see that. Uh, plus 10 more. <laughs> what the heck happened there? <laughs> um, and then the many tales from Midnight Physical, um, 11 items included. Uh, the gray number one physical, soul number two, yay. Uh, and money issue number one, and plus seven more physical items. Uh, so you guys are pretty much giving away a lot of stuff depending on what tier um, but, uh, since you guys have already funded, um, you know, or, um, where do you guys look to go from here? I mean, uh, the, the story in itself, let's start with that. Uh, the gray issue number issue number one, what is the gray comic book going to be about? Ooh, you want me to do this one time? It's your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, uh, the gray, she's a physicist named Shemika Day. And she has managed to create artificial black holes. And so she's thinking, with this type of tech, we could do a lot of good, but her employer wants to weaponize it. And so she tries to take on this organization as the superhero known as the Grey, but she doesn't know how to fight. So does she have what it takes to face off against this evil organization? And will she be able to defend the solar system from its eminent doom? (laughs) Wow, you even got the whole uh, announcer voice going on there. Next year will be like, (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, should have had you do the promo for the show Sunday. Sunday's at Midnight Comics. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so interesting concept. Um, what what made you guys? How did you come up with a, a black hole technology as being a, a something tangible? And uh, what other purpose could it be used for other than just mass destruction? Time so, travel. Um, Time travel. Yeah, that'd be an interesting concept. <laughs> maybe, maybe no right, right, right you just gave them their next story arc nice job Rob <laughs> right thank you <laughs> you're welcome uh, one of the things um, so I love space stuff I love black holes love the mysteries of all of that mm-hmm. but one of the things that um, in the initial creation that we pulled from do you remember back in like 2007 2008 the whole thing with CERN and everybody was worried about the Hadron Collider oh, all yeah. of that stuff um, what if that technology was you know, made sooner? What if they were able to successfully create artificial black holes and all of that? So, of course, with all of that, we're talking about particle accelerators, right? Right. And we know those things. They use that. They test and all of that. And there's actually a guy in the 60s that actually he was cleaning one out in Russia. He was cleaning one. He stuck his face in it. And he got blasted with all that energy. He didn't die or anything. But, like, his face, like, part of his face froze and all that stuff. Not really relevant to what I'm about to get into. But the fact that particle accelerators and the energy that's released, those lasers... Um, it's the same energy that we actually use to get rid of some tumors. Oh. And so, you know, you're thinking, okay, cool, we can use the, that energy, right, as a potentially new energy source or what have you. But the issue is, what is the power behind it? Well, you're creating an artificial black hole that the energy that it's kind of uh, passively pulling in is the energy that you're using, shooting out and stuff like that. So it can be potentially uh, almost an infinite energy source. And so with that, that's how you would kind of use that as a means of helping the world, right? Like if you had, you know, think like solar energy, but on, on steroids, if you will. Right. Um, so that's the hope that she had. Um, but of course, you know, you're like, oh, I could infinite energy source. What kind of weapons can I make with that? But the part <laughs> that she's concerned about is, well, if you've got a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. And, you know, science says if we had a black hole the size of one millimeter, 
hit the planet or come near to the planet. Mm -hmm. The planet would implode on itself. And so you mass produce something like that. You, you, that's the end of everything. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So that's kind of everything that went into that. It was just like, okay, well, what could she do to stop it? Well, that's what you get in the grid. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Wow. So, so a lot of science behind that. Yeah. So basically, like a um, a, a Mobius loop for with yeah. energy um, created by an artificial black hole. Yeah, I can see that branching off into different science fiction realms like time travel and yeah. you know everything else, especially when because uh, uh, you said black hole, that was the mm -hmm. first thing I thought of was that uh, old Disney movie oh, that I enjoy, the black hole, where right. it seemed like they did a time travel thing, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to, and all of that, and black holes and have uh, always been used as or wormhole, or, you know, right. Uh, for even spatial travel, so you know, yeah. turning it into like mm -hmm. a transporting type system or something like that. So, all kinds of interesting applications that could be, uh, you know, story wise. So, mm -hmm. it sounds like you got another winner on your hands. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, the stuff that we plan on doing. One, like I'm, I'm watching like TED talks and all sorts of like reading books on physics stuff like that, just to make sure that some of these concepts that we're going to be touching on, okay. like, actually could make sense. All right. Okay, I was going to ask you, are you, like, a physicist? or No. No, but all. he slept at a Holiday Inn Express, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so, um, and on top of that, so because it, it is a double feature release, Admani. Admani? Admani. Admani. And money. Okay, so I had it right the first time, and after that, it just went downhill. <sighs> wow. All right. So, uh, and what is Admani number one going to be about? Well, Admani is about 17-year-old Fatima, who is having to fight both her personal demons as well as the lack of control over some powers that she was bestowed. Mm. So. She has the ability to create and manipulate fire. Hmm. Okay. However, she doesn't have any control over that ability. Ah. And on top of that, while she's trying to struggle with that, she's also struggling with inner demons, mental health struggles, and stuff like that. She has anxiety, depression, and anger issues. And so it's just a whole inner turmoil and battle of her trying to get her life together, essentially, also while being in high school. Right. And there's actually something going on in the town she lives in. Oh, on top of that. So physical demons, yeah. emotional demons. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. or, and basically uh, every high schooler out there right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so who, how did she get bestowed these powers, or is that part of the uh, a mystery that you have to read to find out? That's part of the mystery. Okay. Ah, intrigue. <laughs> now, uh, well, that's <laughs> that going to lead to my next question. Did she want to be bestowed with those powers? Um, it's one of those things where she didn't ask for it. But it just happened. And at first, she thought the idea of it was cool. Ah. But then, of course, with everything else going on and the lack of control, she hates it. And so she's having, she's plagued by these nightmares just mm -hmm. about every night of just things going up in flames and total darkness. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, this one also very could go off in a 
bunch of different directions. It could go off in, mm-hmm. a, in a, almost like a fire starter kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. way, or it can go in a mystical yeah. kind of way also. So there's a, a couple of different avenues. That, and so, and again, it sounds like you guys got another good good series on your hands. So I, I have never it, been ceased to be amazed by the stuff that um, Midnight Comics and right? you, Lloyd, and Natasha are coming up with. You guys are coming up with some great content. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So, um, you guys are were actually just recently at DreamCon as well. How'd that go? Oh, well, one of us was. Well, <laughs> Lloyd was at DreamCon. How'd that go? <laughs> so sorry, Tosh. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a whole movie. There were people that remembered us from the previous year, um, which that was motivational. Right? They like, "Oh my gosh, you're back when you had me." But I think the thing that really made the convention for me was that there were people that were like oh my gosh you guys inspired me i remember y'all last year and so i wrote my own book and it was just like yo Aww. wait a second <laughs> wait a second like like there's we're we're inspiring people <laughs> <laughs> mentor <laughs> and then they're vending and they're like and there's even people that weren't even writing books they were just like you guys are a couple that are taking a chance on working on your passion and y'all are doing it so i I, I want to see if I can do it. And they were there vending and stuff and just sharing their story. So I'm just like, this is, this is, it's crazy to think about like the, the impact that we're able to have through, through creating our stories and just, you know, being at events and just being excited about our stuff. We're inspiring others to do the same. And it's, it's crazy to actually see that come to fruition. That's cool. That is awesome. And uh, yeah. just so you know, though, um, the kind of the flip side of that is that in the next con, Natasha goes by herself. You got to sit at home. So I'm just kidding. Unless uh, you know, I, I, unless that actually is how it plans out. But you know what? Uh, I think if you guys are getting funded in eight hours for yeah. a double feature um, Kickstarter, I, I think that uh, you know you have grown exponentially just from that con. And I, I think that the next appearance you guys do is going to be even more phenomenal than mm-hmm. than the DreamCon was, and which I hope is very soon, actually, too. Yeah, same. Yeah. We're supposed to be hopefully going to one in Philly J One Con, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. You mean, uh, you mean Natasha's going? To... <laughs> right, right. Apologies, Natasha's going. <laughs> yes, I shall be appearing. um so uh, other than that coming up um, what is next uh, for um midnight comics i know you guys are doing the youtube show as or channel as well um where you Mm -hmm. got got stories going on on there as well and also um because i think it's a high time um maybe you should be looking at like action figures (laughs) funny we're discussing i have been actually i was being serious i wasn't trying to be funny (laughs) on that one um but, uh, no, <laughs> no, we have been looking yeah, at yeah, that, yeah. Um, looking at packaging, looking at who can actually do it and stuff like that, and getting the designs done. So yeah, that is That's definitely true. a possibility real soon. So thank you for that because I know we talked briefly about that. Yeah, right. well, I, I always so. like to like uh, you know because uh, I you guys have an awesome product and definitely needs to be expanded to get into more hands. And there's demand, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. There, there's demand. If you're being funded in eight hours for a double feature, right. there is demand for your product. So, <laughs> got to got to keep the uh, got to keep the customers happy. 
For sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I am talking with Lloyd and Natasha Jones. They are the owners and creative team of Midnight Comics. If you'd like to go and check out everything that they do, they do have a website. It is midnightcomics.org. Um Unfortunately, guys, I am out of time, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I definitely, when, I, when we first talked about having you on, um, I, I, I honestly wasn't expecting it to be funded in eight hours. But uh, I'm, I'm happy it <laughs> has been. Um, and, again, congratulations and kudos. If everybody would like to go check it out, it, it Midnight Comics, Kickstarter.com. They are on the first page as a project we love. Uh, for Kickstarter, cool. so definitely, and then you just click on the link. There's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of perks, all kinds of tiers. So definitely go check that out. Um, again, I wish you both much success with all of your endeavors, and I am congratulations on all of the yes. success that you have had to this point, and Thank more you. in the future. Can't wait to talk to you again for longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you. All right. Same. You guys take care. And when we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Goodman Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except for here. And... Sorry about that. And uh, they're carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes. And what I would watch these those genres are... Action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics, we're just overly opinionated blowhards, but Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is... You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Uh, yes, I became a Transformer. That, that's what that was about. <laughs> okay, I, I was wondering. <laughs> Autobots, roll out. Anyway. Pop <laughs> <laughs> culture kaboom. So, uh, Tony, I know that you put up just recently your review of Barbie. I did. I saw Barbie and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, I know you're a huge fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so what was yeah. your, uh, uh, not to give away the um, your horrible review, but uh, were you satisfied with uh, how the movie turned out? I thought it was pretty good. Overall, there's a lot of nitpicking I would say I have being a fan. Like, for instance, um, April O'Neil. Could we have just made a completely new character for the movie? I was, you know, I don't care that she's a different color and she's like, she's over, she's like Chunky Monkey in this movie. That's what you mean, but she's like, let's just create a different character. We don't need it to be April O'Neil. It's just kind of hard when you grow up knowing it as one thing. I don't know. That part was kind of eh. And then Bebop and Rocksteady were good, were good guys in the movie, which they is were, a little weird for what? me to wrap my head around. They were yeah. good guys? Oh. Okay. Yeah. What? You'll 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 see. They No, I won't. They're bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're giving me more reasons <laughs> not to see I it. I shouldn't have spoiled. Yeah. No, Bebop and Rocksteady uh, are good guys in this movie, and that's something my brain cannot wrap around even to this point. So, Dude, I thought Seth Rogen like was a fan. Nuts. Uh, 
I'm sorry. They what were, was that? They were bad for a little bit, but they, they but they became good guys, and it was like, uh, that's not how it goes. <sighs> so, if you take that out of the aspect, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was definitely more teenage and less ninja. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I take it. You're I take it for- like kind of bad. Like. I might be swaying you guys away from it, actually. Like, 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 like you're waiting for them like, to whip uh, out TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, for example, they learned their ninja skills because Splinter found a VHS tape in the sewer and somehow was able to play this VHS tape. Yeah, okay. Like an 80s kung fu, yeah. And that's how they learned their ninja skills was off this uh, 80s VHS tape. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I'm surprised yeah, they didn't okay. just Google, you know, Kung Fu, you know. <laughs> right? I'm, well, I'm or making it sound kid. really bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, the animation was great, guys. The animation was great. The story was Really? Great, See, that was my biggest thing more? was that the animation... I'm having a hard time convincing you. Yeah, oh, you're not going to... Uh, sorry, sir. Are you? I am not buying what you're selling. Um, but, no, you're not putting it down. I, I'm saying it out loud, and I'm like, wait, that kind of sounds lame. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say, if you grew up a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, you'd probably be disappointed in a lot of elements. But if you're like... Let's say you have like uh, a young kid, and it's their first time seeing Ninja Turtles and stuff. Like, it can be cool for them. Okay. I mean, I... Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like I said, there's definitely things I nitpick where I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, like, obviously, like, in the cartoons and stuff, it was like the humans that mutated into these, right. you know, animal mutants and stuff. In the movie, it's just straight up the animals are mutated. There's no humans. So, like... So then then why do they have human teeth? <laughs> why do they have human teeth then? That's what I want to know. Turtles but don't have teeth. don't know. They don't tell you why they do that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, Eric... Eric, It was more more fun than Barbie for me. Oh, okay. Uh, Speaking of Eric... Barbie had some good laughs, though. Barbie had some good laughs. Speaking of, Eric would like to know if uh, Aqua's Barbie Girl is in the Barbie movie. Uh, It is not. It's actually... There is a remix of it, like uh, like a cover-slash-remix in the end credits. Oh, that's hideous. they They like to say... The B word a lot, and I'm not saying Barbie, and I'm not going to say it because we're on public right. radio. So I don't want to cuss at all, but well, I think you heard of, that a lot of B in the mix, Barbie B. Oh, nice. Okay, all right. So let's get to these five movies that we got selected <laughs> this week. Uh, first up is going to be Pod Generation. Pod. In a not so generation. In a not so distant future, AI is all the rage and nature is becoming a distant memory. It's not that far off if you ask me. But anyway, tech giant Pegasus offers couples the opportunity to share pregnancy on a more equal footing via detachable artificial wombs or pods. But at what cost? Rachel and Alvi, a New York couple, are ready to take their relationship to the next level and start a family. Rachel's work gives them a chance to fast track to the top of the Pegasus waiting list. But Alvi, a botanist and devoted purist, has doubts. Nonetheless, his love for Rachel prompts him to take a leap of faith. And so begins the wild ride of parenthood in this brave new world with all its twists, turns, and bumps along the way. Just not baby bumps, apparently. All right. 
the thing about comedies about the future is that they are comedies until they're not. Sadly, while I watched the trailer, I realized that how far off was the idea from what could be our potential reality in a very near future world time frame. But I guess that is the point of science fiction, isn't it? Unfortunately, with the heady cerebral science fiction topic, what looks to be a well-acted film destined for some kind of Oscar contention just isn't my cup of tea, so I'm going to have to give it a touch, Brown. Tony, what say you? Well, Amelia and her eggs uh, worked to kickstart her career uh, with Game of Thrones, but I don't think this will be a movie for me. It's definitely going for that Academy Award-type audience. Basically, her and her partner are going to have a kid, but it's this egg and it's all the rage. That's how they have kids now in this weird artificial intelligent world. Eggs might be for some people, but my goodness, this is not for me. So touch brown. All right. And actually, uh, it was funny because right before the show started, I was talking to Rob about it. Because I couldn't remember the name of those things, but what were those things called? Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's what Tamagotchi, it. This whole yeah. show, that's what this whole show reminded me of. Because and I was traumatized because <laughs> I can never keep those damn things alive. <laughs> well, so. I think I think too, we because... were gonna have a Tamagotchi. <laughs> well, I think too because like name them squiggles. That, that, that weird like. I don't know, on the front of the egg, it would, like, come down or expose, like, part yeah. of the egg, like a window or something yeah. into it. It was, like, bizarre. <laughs> so you could watch it grow, like yeah. a Chia Pet. <laughs> weird. My sister had a Tamagotchi, and she loved that thing when she's a kid. She's like, every day, I got a favorite Tamagotchi. Let's go have time to feed him. And... Okay. I mean, but you're a little kid, but every day, oh, Tamagotchi is hungry. <laughs> I forget what she named the little thing. It wasn't Squiggles, but she named it something. Nice. And uh, did, did it live or did it die? Uh, it eventually died. Okay. And yeah, then she not... just restarted and it was fine because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, that's sad. And then you. Oh, make a new one. While you live again. <laughs> <laughs> we nice. have a sequel. All right, the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein pet. Um, Rob, what say you? Um, well, yeah. Um, so she first had dragon eggs. Now she has artificial eggs. Amelia Clark <laughs> sure likes her eggs. Um, this one's kind of weird. It's kind of like like let's take seahorses because the man, the seahorse males give birth in the seahorse like realm. So now they're like, oh, here you go, guy, husband, you get to now carry the baby on the outside, and so do I get to carry the baby on the outside in kind of like a trash can container. <laughs> um, that's what it reminded me of. It, it very bizarre plot to me. So yeah, Dutch Brown. All right, it's official. Even though this is probably going to get lots of Academy Awards and other kind of awards, it's going to be a touch brown from us. All right, Tony, what is next? So the next one is called Aporia, or is Aporia? Sorry, Aporia. However you want to try and pronounce it, I don't care. Okay, well, I'm going to say Aporia, losing her <laughs> husband Mal in a drunk driving incident. Sophie has struggled to manage crippling grief, a full-time job, and demands of parenting her devastated teenage daughter when her husband's best friend, Jabir, a former psychiatrist, reveals that he has been building a time-bending machine that could restore her former life. Sophie will be faced with an impossible choice and an unforeseeable consequences. Oh, no. Um, no, oh, no. Whatever would I do if you bend time? Uh, time travel is such a neat concept, right? The butterfly effect is the scary part. Um, bring back a lost one. 
what will it cost you? What will it alter? Um, it never turns out good in everything we ever see. There's always stuff that changes. Uh, the trailer is not bad, and it is a little intriguing. Um, I personally wish you could time travel, but not anything where you could alter. Just go back and witness it. That'd be pretty cool. But this is a movie. Um, just to see loved ones who have since passed would be neat. It does look a little different, but not theater quality for me. Maybe stream. I might give it like the Paul Blart rule and give it 20 minutes just because I'm fascinated with time travel. So I'll give it a low passing blah. All right. All right. The only thing more confusing than movies about time travel generally are the trailers of <laughs> movies about time travel. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on. Did they build a time machine? But did she bring her dead husband back with her? It seems to be taking place in a current timeline. Or is it? I don't know. So what's going on with the daughter being there and then not being there? The butterfly effect in full effect. Uh, but I'm not about to spend my linear timeline to watch this. I'm giving it a touch brown. Rob, what say you? Um, yeah, this actually Judy Greer um, stepping, looking back from like her horror slash comedic roots and going the dramatic route here. Um, I don't know. It seems kind of intriguing to me, especially with that scene with Cameron Mannheim where they had her being all nice and bubbly and then randomly her shirt changed colors and she, her personality changed as well. And so it was kind of like, okay, wait, what just happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of intriguing to me. So I think that's going to be a blah for me. Oh, okay. So two blahs out of that one. All right. Up next is Operation Napoleon. Icelandic lawyer Christian gets drawn into the vortex of an international conspiracy when she receives footage of an airplane wreck recently revealed by the melting of one of Iceland's largest glaciers. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be in Iceland. Uh, the old German World <laughs> War II plane. Not I thought. I seriously thought it was the Antarctic when I was watching the trailer because they just didn't. Really you just thought. said Icelandic lawyer. <laughs> when I was watching the trailer. Christian. When I was watching the trailer. I had no idea. I thought it was. Oh, I got you. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah, and I also said one of Iceland's largest glaciers. Okay, yeah. the the old German uh, World War II plane not only brings ruthless criminals onto the scene for some reason, but also CIA Director William Carr, uh, who got done quarterbacking for the uh, <laughs> never mind, uh, who has been secretly trying to remove the wreck for a long time. Uh, Kristen Kristen refuses to rest until the key has been discovered that will solve the riddle of Operation Napoleon. And that riddle is, what is this movie about? Nazi planes in Antarctica? And I'm wrong on that. It's Iceland. Uh, James Bond, globe-hopping spy networks, mentions of Hitler, mentions of Napoleon, no mention of what's going on, really, or why so many people are trying to get this plane out of the ice. And what was what was with the way the trailer ended? Is this like a reboot of The Thing? I don't know what's going on. You know, she was in that, like, cave or something and heard, like, a spaceship or something going overhead. It was weird. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know what's going on, I, I, and, I don't, and I don't want to know for the sake of national security. So, Touch Brown. Tony, what say you? Uh, no, Nazis. No, Nazis. No, Nazis. No. Old pub lady from Ted Lasso. No. <laughs> Stupid title. This trailer was a snoozosaurus wreck. You know where this dream ends? Yep, brown town down, baby. Brown. Oh, I was bored with this thing. Yeah, well, it was just... It was supposed to be exciting, but not really. <laughs> no. Rob, what say you? 
Uh, well, at first it seemed intriguing because uh, the one guy um, who plays William Carr is – I've seen him in a bunch of other things like The Rig. Like and... Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, he, and, like, and, and he's been doing some other things where like the mixed cast where there's – like because this movie is English and I don't know what language they speak in Iceland, but – Icelandic, yeah. <laughs> so, but you could tell because they were speaking it, and there were subtitles. So, you know, he does really good with like the mixed like cast like that. So, I was expecting like more, but it was very confusing. Like, seemed like we've seen it before, kind of like, and it seemed more like it'd be more of a series than a movie to me. Yeah, or or it should have been uh, so, Drake Brown. in there from um, what Drake. is that? Uh, what um, that what was that game? Um, with the character, his name was Drake. Tom Holland just played Oh, uh, Nathan oh, Drake. Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, it should have been an Uncharted yeah. movie. <laughs> but I guess they couldn't get Tom Holland, so they just decided to call they it They couldn't Operation even get, uh, what's his face? <laughs> Wahlberg. Yeah, or Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. So it's a we don't have Mark. We have Johnny Wahlberg. <laughs> hey, I'm going to give you guys a knuckle sandwich. A sandwich? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> And that was a touch brown, right? Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, what is next, Tony? Oh, next one is Jules. I don't think that's how it's really pronounced. Just, just Jules. And Jules follows a Milton who lives a quiet life routine in a small western Pennsylvania town, but finds his day upended when a UFO and an extraterrestrial passenger crash lands in his backyard. Before long, Milton develops a close relationship with E.T. He calls Jules. Things become complicated when two neighbors discover Jules and the government quickly closes in. What follows in a funny, wildly inventive ride... Oh, sorry. There are three neighbors find meaning and connection later in life, thanks to this unlikely stranger. Stranger danger. Okay. <laughs> so this is a this is a heartwarming story starring Trevor, aka Ben Kingsley. But we're gonna have to leave it there because we gotta take this oh, hard break. Commercial break. Yeah, so we will be back right after this with Tony's opinion of jewels. So don't go anywhere. We still got the four hundred pound gorilla in the room this week, which we need to talk about as well. So don't go anywhere. More Paul Culture Kaboom Radio Show don't right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, our radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. We are going over the movies that will be coming out this week with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And we have covered three movies so far, technically. Uh, first, we had Pod Generation. All of us gave it touch browns. Aporia, Rob and Tony gave it a blah, and I gave it a touch brown. Operation Napoleon is another streak of brown. <laughs> and we are doing Jewels, which uh, Tony just gave us the synopsis for. And uh, did you want to repeat the synopsis, sir? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, re I'll reread that. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Jewels. Uh, Jewels follows Milton, who lives a quiet life of routine in a small western Pennsylvania town but finds his day upended when a UFO and its extraterrestrial passenger crash land in his backyard. Before long, Milton develops a close relationship with the extraterrestrial he calls Jules. Things become overcomplicated when two neighbors discover Jules and the government quickly closes in. 
What follows is a funny, wildly inventive ride as three neighbors find meaning and connection later in life. Thanks to this unlikely stranger. Aww. The heartwarming story starring Trevor, a.k.a. Ben Kingsley. This movie is about an alien named Jules who is blue and doesn't speak, so he's very Rain Man. He takes care of Bluey and the bond that loves him and the family he wants. Jules needs to be the new elf from Melmac. Willie! Okay, well, this movie looks charming and will find an audience. I will not be one, so for me personally, it's a touch blue. Okay, touch blue. All right. I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that, like, my review. He needs to join the Blue Man group since he doesn't talk. Yeah, and... there you go. <laughs> that big old head just like him. Yeah, too. yeah, he did. Uh, what a feel-good Hallmark movie of the week. I have never been a fan of the let's have a small select group of people represent the best of the best of humanity. Well, everyone else having the knee-jerk reactionism of, it's different, let's kill it. Uh, this is, I'm sure, a heartwarming <laughs> kick in the kick you in square in the E.T. field kind of movie but again not my thing touch brown rob what say you uh et meets cocoon um and it it was actually to me it was it seemed actually very quirky very funny um i like jane Curtin. i like ben kingsley um the guy when he was up there like talking to the council reminded me totally of somebody like in our town would be exactly like that so like it was like wow i can see this happening <laughs> Which is why uh, we don't go to the city council meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, to me, it, it actually seems kind of funny. Um, like I said, it's probably something I'm not going to go out and like internally seek. So I'm going to give it a blah. Oh, a blah. Okay. Feeling rather optimistic oh, this blah. week, aren't you, Rob? <laughs> kind of half and half with all the movies so far, which is not a bad, not a bad record. Uh, so that gets us to the 400 pound gorilla la, 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 in the room this week which is The Last Voyage of the Demeter, uh, based on a single chilling chapter from Bram Stoker's classic novel, Dracula. The Last Voyage of the Demeter tells the terrifying story of the merchant ship Demeter, which was chartered to carry private cargo, 50 unmarked wooden crates from Carpathia to London. Strange events befall the doomed crew as they attempt to survive the ocean voyage, stalked each night by a merciless menace aboard presence abo- on board the ship. When the Demeter finally arrives off the shores of England, it is charred, derelict wreck. There is no trace of the crew. And thanks to the synopsis, I don't need to watch the movie. <laughs> that tells me everything right there. Not only that, the single chapter that the movie is based off of is Chapter 7 of Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, was written 126 years ago. So no spoilers. Uh, Obviously, it's not new. And uh, I would encourage everyone to read the book as a whole instead of just watching a movie about the singular chapter. But I digress. Uh, Overall, the trailer makes the film look creepy claustrophobic at times and if it were any other movie about another monstrous spirit of evil it would actually have some dramatic tension to it but like the titanic i know how it's this is going to end so i have no interest in rushing out to see it so at best for me it's going to be a blah wow tony what say you well it does look good it just i know how it's going to end so why would i want you know only if i'm kind of like you know nothing else to watch kind of stuff but anyway, yeah, that one. Well, after the synopsis, man, that kind of makes it even lower for me. I'm like, <laughs> all right, now look at on. It's twelve. But I put Dracula goes on a cruise and everybody's in trouble. I like that it takes place on a ship in the middle of the ocean. 
It's old demonic looking bat, obviously the early part of Dracula, which is a cool different take than what we're used to seeing. It's nice to see that it's back in the horror vein versus the comedic or Twilight versions. It definitely doesn't look bad, and I would not go rush to see it in theaters, but you know what? I would give it a shot on streaming. Now, I lowered this. I still would watch it on streaming, but it's just a lower blah, blah, blah. Blah, <laughs> blah. blah. All right. Rob, what say you? Well, somebody who actually has read the book and enjoyed the book Dracula, the voyage, uh, which is the chapter that is taken from, is the shortest chapter in the entire Dracula novel, and it's told from the sea captain's logs. So there's actually not much that we actually see or hear about in the book. So it's actually great for me. Well, in Nina's um, journal as well. Yeah. But um, for me, it's very like, oh, good. We get to finally see what happens. Um, I enjoy the whole Dracula thing. I loved, I know I'm one of those weirdos. I love the Winona Ryder one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one was different. That was um, different. I, I, I watch it occasionally to, to this day just because it, I, I enjoy it. But I, I enjoy the story of Dracula. I, I can't wait for this. I actually have tickets to go see it on Friday. So <laughs> okay. I'm hoping it's good. All so I'm giving right. it a good for now. All right. I expect a progress report next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next uh, next show, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, I will. All right. Yeah, see, uh, oh, God, what was I going to say? That, that was always, uh, you know, never mind, train derailed. <laughs> Call FEMA. <laughs> I did, I did, I tell you, I did go see a couple movies. Oh. You did. I did. I saw. um, I went and saw Talk to Me. No. Oh yeah, he saw Talk. I saw Talk to Me. Oh yeah, how was that? Um, It was very good. Actually, excellent. Uh, My daughter. I actually. This was. She's eighteen, and this was like her first like R-rated horror movie, her first possession movie. And yeah, I think I traumatized her. (laughs) Um, I kept having to like. She was shaken after the movie, and like I kept having to go. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I did have to close my eyes and look away at a few parts. So, but this, it was good. It had, I wouldn't call them necessarily jump scares, but jump what the just happened <laughs> uh, moments. Um, yeah, it. it very, I'm glad you clapped that clean. Yeah, it's it's typical A24, the kind of slow burn. But this one is better than the typical A24 because this once it goes, it goes, and it's like whoa. Okay, it's, so it wasn't like a malignant. <laughs> yeah, no, th- it, it, I like I enjoyed it, and my the first thing my daughter said was, "When this comes out on streaming, we have to get it." Wow! So, I'm like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, and for someone, and like I said, she was she was a little traumatized at, after that. Huh. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm still trying to think of what I. What and we was... saw the Meg too. Oh yeah, and in 3D, right? Yes, in 3D. Did you see that one, Tony? No, I didn't see the Meg too. I heard it was really cheesy, but I I still want to see it. Oh, it was great. It 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 was. Great. I actually think I enjoyed this one more than the original. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Good. And, and um, before we asked Tony, I did ask him if he was drinking. And yeah, he no, said it no. was no, it was great. My daughter enjoyed it too. Like we both went and saw it. Um, it was. It had it had its moments. It was perfect it had it was great it just it moved right along there was not n- unnecessary story building it was just boom 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 let's go killer shark all right let's go more killer items yes so how was the cgi was it decent yeah it was it was very decent okay the um the underwater scenes nobody can ever do underwater right but you know 
They, they James were, Cameron can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who can afford his rigs? Um, but no, it was it, it had a lot of tense moments. And I was right. Remember I told you I said he's going to have a bomb strapped to those harpoons. He did. Really? Yep. Oh, that's so cheesy. <laughs> but okay. And they actually – okay, so the preview – I'm just a little spoiler alert for you. Spoiler, spoiler. There, the preview where they show Jason Statham where he has his foot up against the shark's like mouth where it looks like he's stopping it with his foot. Well, I know that's not how yeah. it's going to work. No, he, the, the shark is held back by chains. There's like chains holding the shark back. Oh, see, I just imagine that you know they just kind of cut it there with his foot on the yeah, no, the they, shark, they 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 and the shark was pushing him up. Yeah. So no, know. they CGI and the in the trailer they CGI'd out the chains, uh, so it looked like he was holding it back. Because I was like, oh, there's no way he can hold it back. And it's like, okay, that makes way more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or speaking of shows from our childhood, you know, he, there's no way he pink panthered that like yeah. by doing that. You know, remember but it was pink good. panther? It had it had great uh, moments. There's like a scene where uh, you actually get the shark's inside perspective of him eating the people. It was great. <laughs> Like there's a GoPro in his mouth yeah, or something. Like, yeah, it's like chomping down. On oh god! See where I talked you guys out of TMNT and Barbie. I like you make me want to see the man <laughs> <laughs> because it's ridiculous. It is. It is. It's if you like your your sci-fi shark movies. Like I said, I oh, I think yeah. I enjoyed this one more than the first one. Okay, fair enough. Well, and that's good because the first one was actually. It was you know, good. It was ridiculous, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was good. It was a great <laughs> popcorn a, yeah. summer blockbuster, and that's exactly how I felt after this. Was like that was a good summer blockbuster movie. All right, so here are the here is the breakdown for you: the four hundred pound gorilla in the room this week, the last voyage of the Demeter. Uh, Rob gave it a good. Tony and I gave it a blahs. Jules, uh, the sci-fi alien ET one. Uh, Rob gave it a blah. Tony and I gave it a touch brown. Operation Napoleon, a brown streak, all the way for all three of us as touch browns. Aporia, Rob and Tony gave it blahs. I gave it a touch brown. <laughs> See a trend here. Right. Uh, <laughs> pod generation, uh, just another brown streak. Everybody gave it touch browns. And those are the movies for this week. Watch at your own peril. Next week, uh, being released between August 14th and August 20th, is Blue Beetle, yes. DC's uh, last movie before James Gunn takes over. Uh, the Moon, Dark Windows, Landscape with Invisible Hands. <laughs> okay. That sounds like it could be like oh, a... <laughs> And Birth slash Rebirth. So those are the... <laughs> that sounds sci-fi-y. Yeah, I think it's horror, actually. Um, but I'm, okay. I, I got to look into that. Well, I guess I'm, we'll find I'm out tomorrow. i about Blue Beetle. So, um, I don't know. It could be interesting. Are, are you guys going to go see Blue Beetle? Or are you guys doing uh, like a... Uh, somebody wins and goes and watches it with you guys uh no, no we're not giving away tickets with we're not giving away tickets this time around um i don't know because next weekend is going to be an interesting one because next weekend is also three days of Aricon. Mm-hmm. so um Ooh. so that mean that i'd be tied up uh thursday friday saturday and sunday and not give me much time for show prep <laughs> which i desperately need so, um, but I don't know. We might. I uh, don't don't know the the situation yet. Uh, plus, Spencer is probably busy with his Aricon mm-hmm. three, um, so because it is the uh, week leading up to it. So I don't know. Um, it's all up in the air right now. I know my daughter wants to go see it. So, so Rob might see it and give us a progress mm-hmm. report. I want to see it too. I, I it actually. Looks well, that's enjoyable. why I said Rob might see it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks enjoyable. I like. I like. I like the obscure DC. 
like characters, you know. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, just knee jerk reaction, Tony. Uh gosh, I don't know anything about Blue Beetle. What I get off there is the font looks like Purple Rain. <laughs> I think of that when I see the title. Um, and the second thing is just like, and like, is this a mix of like Iron Man meets Ant Man meets Spider Man? Um, and then it's hard for me to not see the kid from uh, Cobra Kai. So. <laughs> That's all I see right now. Um, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, meh. Okay. Like, because Jamie Anna asked me, she goes, oh, babe, are you excited to go see that? And I go, I don't know anything about it. And it kind of just looks like, eh. Mm-hmm. Oh, DC lets me down, man. I know. Like, I yes. got all hyped up for the Flash, baby, and that uh, thing. Well, yeah, that you thing were hyped up for the good. Flash. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you hyped yourself up for the Flash. Yeah, just because. But, but I got excited, man. They they baited me with Michael Keaton. <laughs> they baited everybody man. with Michael Keaton. They, they, I would they be more hyped up if it was uh, with a side of Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, sir. With that being said, um, I do appreciate you being on with us, and we will talk to you with about these movies next week. Oh, and by the way, next week is also uh, Damon Hillen uh, will be on with us to talk about um, Three Days in Malay, which also comes out this week. On on Ooh. August 11th, um, but it is a historical um, World War II South Pacific War movie, Ooh. which is why it's not included in the That's film heavy. selected. Oof. Yes, it is. Um, so, but it'll be an interesting topic because uh, um, what I've seen of it so far, I would kind of put it on the same classic level as uh, um, PT Boat 109 or any of the uh, what was that other South Pacific one? Not the Bridge Over the River Kwai, but kind of a mm. kind of in that same category. Okay. So, okay. just to keep everybody interested. You have to send me the movie title again. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll actually send you a link to the trailer okay. and, and, and Spencer as well so that, you know, we all we all have our info when, we come, <laughs> when he's on the air with us. So, all right, sir. Uh, again, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great rest of your show. We'll be listening and uh, talk to you next week. All right. Oh, uh, we got some music on you might oh. be interested in. Uh, the band... Armagillion. <laughs> you don't even want to know how long it took me to try and pronounce that. Armagillion. Armagillion. Uh, and we'll be playing, okay. uh, we'll be debuting. It's the, actually the KNBC debut of their song, uh, Sweet Pink. Ooh. So I think you might like Alrighty. it. Okay, we'll be listening. All right. Um, and uh, with that being said, how close are we? Close enough. We'll, we'll be right. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta call it quits here, but we will be back, so don't go anywhere. More pop culture boom radio show right after this with our big interview with the divine beast, Lord Armagillion himself. This is the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Behind the big board, Rob Nault, and I am your not-so-humble host, Jimmy Jones. And on special assignment investigating an alien spacecraft is Spencer Stoner. No, I'm just kidding. He's out sick this week. But we will be rocking out this evening because our special guest this evening is the Divine Beast himself, Lord Armageddon, uh, from the ro- shock rock band Armageddon. And how are you, sir? Hello there. Thank you for having me. 
No problem at all. So you just recently, you've been uh, getting a lot of press lately. You were just in Toxic Metal Zine. Um, congratulations on yeah. that. Um, and you just Thank released, you. actually, this last Friday, your latest single, Sweet Pain. Um, but there's not much information I could really find about the band, um, Ar- Armageddon. And so how did Armageddon get started? Yeah, thank you uh, so much for having me. Yes, uh, my latest single, Sweet Pain, just released this Friday. And I'm very happy and very excited because it's a very special song. Um, the band has been around like two years now. You know, I wanted to create something different. When I was a little kid, I grew up listening to all those great hard rock bands from the 80s, you know, Def Leppard, uh, Bon Jovi, Malvin Crew, Kiss, of course. But also, I wanted to combine theatrics and science fiction. You know, when I was a little kid, I was a huge fan of comic books, fantasy, sci-fi, horror movies. So Art McAllen is pretty much the combination of everything I love. And so the band got started about two years ago. Um, do you have any upcoming shows that uh, somebody can go and check out? Well, there are plans uh, to go on tour next year, probably Texas and California. Uh, uh, how about Las Nevada? Nevada and like Reno? <laughs> I, I would love to. I, I would love to, definitely. Uh, last year, in November, uh, we were touring uh, in California, Los Angeles, and it was great. I, I got a chance to meet a lot of fans there, and it was great. So how would you come up with The Divine Beast, and uh, he shall sing the song that will destroy it all? Like I said before, uh, Armageddon is pretty much the combination of everything that I love, you know, sci-fi horror comic book so i wanted to create a character i never saw before you know uh i wanted to create my own character of course i'm a huge fan of a lot of characters but but i wanted to be me you know so i wanted to create something dramatic something powerful so um that's where armageddon came from the divine beast and he shall sing the song that will destroy it all but what is the antithesis of this? Uh, where, where did the, uh, um, what is the motivation of the character to be, you know, out there in front singing a song that will destroy everything? I mean, as a musician myself, I'm always looking for that brown note. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're not a musician, you have no idea. I, I'll explain the brown note. <laughs> Thank <out> you. <laughs> later. Um, you don't need to know what that is at the moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Armageddon. Armageddon was created as a almighty entity, you know, and I want to, to reflect that power on stage, you know, and he shall oh. like an old oh. man, you know, it, it, it's my intro, and uh, you know, you know Armageddon is there when you hear that word. All right. Um, and you have your latest single that just came out on Friday, which is available uh, just about everywhere. Actually, if you want to go and yeah. check it out, you can go to Linktree backslash Armageddon. It has all other links to Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Bandcamp, TikTok. Um, all of the uh, social links are there, as well as the Spotify and the Bandcamp, so you can go and check out all of Armageddon's music. Um, but Sweet Pain, uh, what was what motivated you to write the, that song? 
know, Sweet Pain is a very special song because it's something we all can relate to. You know, a love that kills you inside, but uh, you make it sweet and you embrace it. You know, uh, it's, it's a very special, dramatic, and powerful song because, like I said before, I think we all have been there. You know, uh, it's something we all have been through. And I think it's something we all can relate to when when love kills you inside and you embrace that thing. Okay. Well, we're going to make its KNVC debut right now. So here is Armageddon with Sweet Pain. Enjoy. And we'll be talking more about the song after it's done playing. So don't go anywhere. Give it a listen and enjoy. Sweet Pain by Armageddon. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> Wrong button. I need your point. 
And that is Armageddon with Sweet Pain, the latest single that was just released. You can find us on Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever you get your music from. And we are on the phone right now with Lord Armageddon. And uh, I noticed that on the Facebook page, uh, the uh, term Children of Armageddon has been used a couple of times. What is that in relation to? Is that the fans or the other members of the band? Yeah, uh, the, the fan base is called Children of Armageddon. The members of the band are called the Acolytes of Armageddon. Okay. And is it a, a core group? Um, are, there, are these people that you hand-selected to play their, do the instrumentation, or are they actual um, collaborators with the music? Oh, of course. They collaborate with everything. You know, uh, we're a team, we're a family, and we're in this together. And I noticed uh, uh, when I got out of Sweet Pain, um, as far as influences-wise, um, one uh, band that wasn't mentioned. Uh, Guns N' Roses? Uh, no, Skid Row, <laughs> actually. Uh, I hear a lot of uh, a kind of a Sebastian Bach kind of, kind of a, a singing style. Is that kind of, a, at least with this song, intentional? Well, uh, not for this song, but, uh, but yeah, I, I always take inspiration from every band that I love. And, of course, I love Kid Row and Sebastian Bach. Greatest, one of the greatest singers of all time. True, uh, and, and a lot of Bruce Dickinson too. I hear some Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You know, uh, for me, Bruce Dickinson, Sebastian Bach, uh, Paul Stanley, um, those guys for me are some of the greatest hard rock singers of all time, for sure. Well, I'm glad you didn't say Gene Simmons. <laughs> anyway, I'm just... Uh, you know, in, Gene Simmons is great, but uh, Paul Stanley is a singer, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> well, it's an inside joke with the uh, with the radio show. Uh, yeah. But okay. anyway, uh, well, I had him on one time. He, he did. Uh, I did an interview with him, and it just did not go as, as well as I expected. Or I thought it would. Okay. So that that that's okay. why it's kind of an inside joke on that one. Um, but anyway, uh, so um, I got some uh, tour possibly coming up. Um, if anybody would like to go ahead and, like I said, Armageddon is do have their own site. It is at Linktree, which is l i n k t r dot e e backslash Armageddon. Um, it is as actually hard to spell as it is to pronounce. And at least to me. So with that being said, I do follow them on the Facebook. So when they post, I do repost. So you should be able to find it in the Pop Culture Kaboom News feed. And from there, you can go and follow them to their page. Give their page a like or a follow. And also click on the link for their site, which will take you to everything you need to know about Armageddon. And uh, um, anything you want to add in closing, sir? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Armageddon is everywhere. You can find Armageddon on uh, every social media site, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, of course, YouTube. Uh, the Sweet Pain official lyric video, it's also available on uh, YouTube. So uh, go check it out and hope you like it. Also, you can get uh, all Armageddon music on every platform, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, whatever you get your music from. Um, you will find Armageddon there. So, nice. so with the creation of this sci-fi character, um, do you see it uh, 
um, a, a comic book or a graphic novel? Because I know a lot of bands have been doing the graphic novels um, lately. Like Iron Maiden had a graphic novel. Um, Anthrax yeah. had a, had a graphic novel come out. Um, recently, we had Six by Six by Six, a band um, uh, with Robert Berry. Um, they have a had a graphic novel out that actually was a companion to their album. Uh, debut album. Um, do you see a graphic novel in Armageddon's future? Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to, you know, like I said before, I'm a huge comic book fan. I grew up uh, reading comic books, watching sci-fi and horror movies. So, yeah, that would be a dream come true. And, uh, of course, I see uh, an Armageddon comic book uh, c- coming out very soon, hopefully. All right. Well, um, if you're interested in uh, collaborating with them on anything, I'm sure there's a way means for them to get in contact with you. Sure, sure. I- I'm always open. Okay, and you can just get them all and just uh, DM you through the Facebook page, or is there an email that someone can get a hold of you at? You can you can DM on Facebook or Instagram. I will I will always uh, reply there. Okay. He's never too big to talk to his fans. That's a great thing. All right, sir. It was an cool. honor and a privilege having you on. I wish you the best of luck in your venture. And don't forget to uh, try and book a show date in Reno, Nevada. Reno, Nevada. Of course. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was, it was my pleasure. And uh, speaking of that, yeah, I always try to be in touch with the fans because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here because of the fans. So uh, it's very important to always be in touch with them. Great. Perfect, sir. Uh, Thank you very much. And we are at a hard break. So uh, thank you again, sir. And uh, like I said, we do follow Armageddon on the Facebook. When they post, it does go into Pop Culture Boom news feed. And you can also go and check out their site, linktree backslash Armageddon. And we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom radio show. We're, uh, yeah, got a little bit of showtime left, so don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And here's a good one for you, Rob. It's been just over a month since the one in one, the one ring Magic the Gathering yes. card popped up on the PSA grading website. Post Malone. And thanks for spoiling it. <laughs> and the $2 million valued pick has now been sold to rapper Post Malone, the lucky finder, now named as Brooke Trafton, posted a video of two TikToks showing the card handover through the actual though the actual paid amount by post malone is still unknown okay i was gonna ask because i didn't see anything about the price either with some speculator commenters speculating on a 2.6 million figure the one rings whereabouts have been kept hidden for much of this ordeal from it from its original pull in early June to today's final sale that's understandable this is the most valuable card in all of the MTG history and the highest sale sell yet. Posting the sale video, the Canadian fan explained, this is my dream come true, meeting Post Malone and him buying the one ring card from me is literally a moment straight out of a fairy tale. Uh, too bad his face looks like uh, the t- desk in detention. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why people would put tattoos on their face. I, I yeah. really don't get it. Anyway. I'm um, not a fan of that either. Me neither. It just doesn't make I like sense. tattoos, but just not on the face. 
Yeah, Post Malone has been big in the Magic the Gathering scene for some time now, regularly appearing at community events and being the proud holder of an $800,000 signed artist print Black Lotus. The sale of that card was previously the highest on record before this week's The One Ring sale, of course. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, and they have a whole bunch of other, like, um, cross um, uh, IP promotions coming out for magic the gathering they have a oh. jurassic world or one coming out huh. which will be very interesting so no telling lots of mana <laughs> yeah no telling how that one's going to actually play out but all right all right a new dark type terra charizard ex distinct from the one released in <laughs> distinct from the one released in scarlet and violet obsidian flames uh, they're talking pokemon yeah now. i was gonna say I'm like wait what? will release on october 20th from the pokemon trade uh trading card game the charizard ex premium collection features six booster packs in etched foil terra charizard ex sv black star promo when you got that many things going on with a single card, then it's time to stop. Yeah, but I, that's my it's opinion. Like the card has to be extra big just so you can print all that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, huh? Um, the team didn't give any grand details about what the uh, TTRPG would be about or look like. All we do know is at this point is that the company is looking to publish the game sometime in 2024. Okay. Renegade Game Studios announced during Gen Con 2023 that they are currently working on a tabletop role-playing game for Welcome to Night Vale. In case you weren't already aware of what this is, Welcome to Night Vale is currently the most popular fiction podcast in the world, with hundreds of episodes currently available online for free for you to listen to. The show was created in 2012 by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. Uh, who created a public radio news-like show featuring the voice of Cecil Baldwin. Is that one of the Baldwin brothers? I don't know. Okay. Who takes on the role of Cecil Gershwich Palmer, talking about the events happening in their desert town. Are they from (laughs) Nombrino? That seems to be in its own unexplained plane of existence, where almost everything that can happen will happen with terrifying results. So I guess it's going to be a game now, a tabletop game. Mm. Interesting. I never heard of the podcast, so. Me neither. So, uh, okay. Well, that's what happens when you have hundreds of podcasts, of free <laughs> episodes. Uh, Paizo, or Piazo, uh, announced that they are currently working on Starfinder 2nd Edition with playtests coming in 2024. As part of the company keynote presentation for Gen Con 2023, they reveal their plans for the next phase of their sci-fi tabletop role-playing game as the new edition will be published under the ORC license, O-R-C. I don't know what that means uh, other than, you know, big green guys. I know, I'm thinking Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm thinking uh, a a World of Warcraft. Oh, okay. (laughs) Orcs. But anyway, a license and will contain implements of the three action economy. This is designed to make it more accessible for fans and creators, as well as make it fully compatible with Pathfinder 2nd Edition and a remaster project. 
The Starfinder playtest rulebook will be available in the summer of 2024 as a softcover rulebook as Starfinder 2nd Edition will be using the Pathfinder 2nd Edition rule set. Base system rules will not be part of the playtest. Rather, the playtest will focus on the core elements of gameplay, including new classes, a scaling equipment system, new skills, and more. This is the most open playtest Piezo Piezo has ever launched with deeper looks into the development process. Mm. I sprung a leak. In a move to shore up its fall 2023 primetime lineup, as the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strike roll on, CBS announced last month that Paramount Network's Kevin Costner starring Yellowstone will be getting re-aired on Sunday nights beginning with the first season. In addition, we learned that Ghosts fans will be able to enjoy back-to-back episodes of the original UK show mm-hmm. on Thursday nights beginning later in the season. Uh, Taylor Sheridan's series will make its broadcast debut on Sunday, September 17th at 8.30 p.m. following the NFL on CBS football doubleheader and 60 Minutes. In addition, encore episodes of CBS's Ghosts at 8.30 p.m. will be followed by two episodes of the U.K. version starting at 8 p.m. beginning on Thursday, November 16th. (laughs) So that's how they're getting around the whole strike by coming up with other programming or programming from Britain. Right. So I wonder what other shows are going to... Because The Office originally started mm-hmm. off as a UK yep. show, so I wonder if they're going to bring the UK version of The Office That would in. be NBC. Because they had the office... They had the... NBC had the um, the American version, so... Yeah, but uh, but still, NBC is going to need content. So well, I'm I'm just surprised that they're not pulling their actual like streaming content on. I mean, with a little editing, they could definitely like put a lot of their streaming content onto. That's true, and bring more. You know, like and not even like the you know just like the first seasons if they have second seasons and drop more people in. I mean, there's a bunch of shows, especially on like Paramount that I watch. Um, really, hmm. And, and there, a lot of them are by Taylor Sheridan too. <laughs> hmm. What a coinky dink! I don't know. He, I don't know if he's the writer or he's just a producer. But he, I don't know. He's producing whatever he's doing. I like his shows. He does a lot of stuff. All right. So, um, uh, remember when we talked about Blade Runner twenty ninety nine? Well, uh, the last time we checked in to see how things were going, it was the end of May. <laughs> and reports at that time were that Amazon's upcoming Prime Video live action limited series Blade Runner 2099 may see its production at North Ireland's Belfast Harbor Studios delayed until spring of 2024 due to the WGA AMPTP writer strike. Northern Ireland, Ireland Screen noted. And I quote, Northern Ireland Screen confirmed Blade Runner 2099 has been delayed. Northern Ireland Screen is extremely disappointed that Blade Runner 2099 is not going ahead at this time due to the ongoing writer's strike. The project has been prepping on the ground in Belfast for many months, not many, many months. Uh, the WGA strike has been halting production all over the world, and we hope a fair deal is reached soon. So the crew, they put it in these weird brackets, the <laughs> crew, uh, can get back to work. Uh, since that time, matters have only gotten worse, as now SAG-AFTRA also went on strike against the AM P 
CPTPP, with both the unions seeking fair and respective new agreements. But according to a production list update that found its way in front of our faces, it appears that some filming may be going on beginning October 2nd of 2023, with Northern Ireland listed as the location. A little contradiction there. Well, it... Uh... I know, like, there's certain things with the European unions that even though, like, uh, like the SAG-AFRAs are on strike, like, if it's actually, like, a European production, it's, like, still can go on, like, because they have different With waivers or some... Well, it's different union rules and stuff because they have their own union over there. And to participate in those movies, you got to be part of that union. So there's that's why there's still movies filming right now over in Europe with American actors because they're part of that other union that says Hmm. even though you're striking there, we're not striking. So you still got to come and do your production. Oh, well, actually, it kind of gets into that. Um, if I only read a little further. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, not your fault. It's mine. Well, it might seem surprising considering the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. It's quite possible, and they put in quotes here, uh, or parentheses, much like what FX Networks and Noah Hawley are doing with their Alien series, that filming involving international actors who aren't uh, SAF. Mm-hmm. SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, they put F instead of G. (laughs) SAG-AFTRA affiliated could be in play. In addition, there could also be location environment filming that could take place. And let's not rule out the possibility that the production notice wasn't pulled. Though the last update is registered to have taken place on July 31st. So very confusing all the way around. Um, But, uh, yeah, maybe they are doing like... um, Location filming, mm-hmm. you know, like sweeping landscape shots or whatever. And what what what, what are we talking about here again? What? <laughs> exactly. Oh, Blade Runner twenty ninety nine. Oh. I can't imagine what uh, the Blade Runner nine nine Blade Runner period is a kind of a Los Angeles dystopian Los Angeles overgrown cityscape in the first place. So I can't imagine what kind of filming you could do in Belfast, Ireland, that would even come close to that. So it, it kind of makes me wonder what direction they're going to be going mm. in with this series and how it became a series in the first place and not another movie. But mm. anyway. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So uh, the Walking Dead universe uh, will will walk on. <laughs> oh, super uh, despite Hollywood's first double strike since 1960, the WGA have been on strike since May after failing to reach the agreement, blah, 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 blah. Everybody likes to repeat themselves, blah, 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 blah. I get paid word for minute, blah, 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 blah. I joined writers on the picket lines, officially setting down Hollywood's TV and film industry, blah, 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 blah. As the writers and actors union seek fair pay from the studios, AMC Network CEO Kristen Dolan says the work stoppage won't begin to impact AMC programming until well into 2024. Hmm. AMC debuted Maggie and the Negan spinoff The Walking Dead Dead City in June and will premiere The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon this September alongside the new season of Ride with Norman Reedus. That's kind of like a reality show yeah. where he just rides around on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Visits towns and stuff. Oh, yay. I never saw it. I never had. I a, haven't either. Never but. had a reason to see it. Uh, the remaining six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead's eighth and final season will begin airing October 22nd. AMC has also completed production on The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, the Rick 
Grimes and Michonne spinoff slated to premiere in 2024. AMC announced second season renewals for Dead City or, or like we're talking about, right. for part two of season one. Um, and Daryl Dixon at San Diego Comic-Con in July. But development will remain paused <laughs> until after the WGA and SAG strikes are resolved. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that a lot of things like afterwards is going to happen, like what's going to happen when it actually does get resolved, mm-hmm. because all these studios are now going to try to compete for their contracts back with these actors. <laughs> they could. It depends on if the contracts got. Um, but do you know what I canceled. mean? Like they're going to be like whole different production, like th- the production schedules, you know, like a lot oh, of yeah. actors take their work depending on okay i can do this one i can do this one because of the production schedules you know now how that how that's all going to play out too that is true and plus um you know because a lot of the you know the you hear productions yeah we tried to get blah blah to return but uh their right. schedule exactly and that's what i'm saying uh, like, was a kind of a i have a feeling up. this is going to be one of those messed up skits especially maybe for tv series that have like uh, big name actors mm-hmm. and actresses Attached to him mm-hmm. um like who, who no one out of walking dead though that i know of is in any kind of big productions lately mm-hmm. I mean, even, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, maybe, but it, he was playing side characters. That's what I mean. I, I, I think he's Rampage. in the boy. I think he came to the boys season four. But. Oh, yeah. But that's another show. Yeah, and so, exactly. And I think that's done. And that's wrapped filming, too, because mm-hmm, I, I think so. they're ready to put that out along with um, what was that? Uh, something or other Generation V. Um, which is a spinoff of oh, the boys. Oh, the, the college one where they're all at college. Yeah. With uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's school. son, I think, is in that one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know he was acting, quite honestly. Uh, so here is what is worth watching on television the week of Sunday, August 6th at 9 p.m. That's tonight through Sunday, August 13th at 5 p.m. According to TV Guide, I only include what I would watch, which means that it has to be considered new to either a network in terms of a movie or original programming. And it also must fall into the categories of action, adventure, science fiction, horror, anime, and or fantasy. Sometimes a little reality show slide in there. If it is something I think is worth watching, like about aliens or the supernatural or just some good science stuff or robots destroying each other, because that's always fun. Bear in mind, I do not include streaming services since you can generally binge watch the season in a day. If you have a suggestion for a show that I should add, send me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put suggested show in the subject line and include the name of the show, what channel it airs on, the time and day it airs, and I will add it if it fits the aforementioned requirements. Tonight at 9 p.m. on Fox at is House Broken. At 9.30 p.m. on Fox is House Broken, and that is it. Monday, August 7th at 5 p.m. on Nickelodeon is SpongeBob SquarePants. At 8 p.m. on Disney XD is Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. On USA is Monday Night Raw. And that means that it is time to take a hard break. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. We're going to pick up where we left off with what's going on television this week. Uh, we left off with Monday, August 7th at 5 p.m. on Nickelodeon is SpongeBob SquarePants at 8 p.m. On Disney XD is Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. On USA is Monday Night Raw. Tuesday, August 8th at 12 midnight. Uh, so basically, 
Monday Monday night (laughs) uh, on TBS is BR Gaming. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. It's basically like uh, they're just a um, show um, eSports type stuff, programming. At 5 p.m. on Nick, then you can go to sleep and wake up at 5 p.m. on Nickelodeon is SpongeBob SquarePants. At 8 p.m. on USA is WWE Next. At 10 p.m. on NBC is Hot Wheels Ultimate Challenge. Usually I don't put stuff like that in there, but it is Hot Wheels, and they are converting regular cars into actual mm-hmm. full-scale <laughs> Hot Wheels vehicles, which would be funny if they did the uh, Rat Rod, uh, you know, from like Rat Fink and all of those guys. Mm-hmm. That would be actually really cool. But anyway, uh, and then you can go to sleep Wednesday, August 9th at 5 p.m. on Nickelodeon is SpongeBob SquarePants. And at 8 p.m. on the CW is Nancy Drew, and it is the season finale. On TBS is All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. At 9 p.m. on the CW is Riverdale, and I think it's their final season. It is their final it? season. So, And I think they're close that to is a trippy show. being <laughs> over with as well. On then at Thursday, August 18th, technically at Wednesday night, at 12 a.m. midnight, on Cartoon Network is Teenage Euthanasia. It sounds like a band. At 12.30 a.m. on the Cartoon Channel is 10-Year-Old Tom. And then you can go to sleep. At 5 p.m. on Nickelodeon is... SpongeBob. SquarePants. Sponge At 8 p.m. <laughs> I came up with a whole my own version of a SpongeBob SquarePants song. <laughs> I don't think it's air appropriate. I have to sing it to figure it out. <laughs> At 8 p.m. on FX is What We Do in the Shadows. And then... For Basically, Thursday night, Friday at August 11th at 12 midnight on the Cartoon Network is My Adventures with Superman. And then you can go to sleep until 8 p.m. So then you can go into a coma until 8 p.m. at night on Fox's WWE Friday Night Smackdown on Disney. The Villains of Valley View on Stars is Outlander. Uh, 10 p.m. on Freeform is Praise Petey. On TNT is All Elite Wrestling Rampage. On stars is heels. That was a suggestion. Uh, it's a yes, wrestling Jason, Jensen show. Ackles. Yep. He did not have the nice things to say about the strike. No, actually, it was taken out of context. Uh, of course, it was. You got to read his whole statement. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'm, it was. A, I'm a follower of his, so I yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on. You, so, you, so you were a big fan of the Arrowverse. Oh yes, me too. Super fan of the Arrowverse. Super fan. Oh yeah. Okay, I wasn't a super fan. Oh yeah. But I, I, I watched it. I got my dad actually hooked on it, so it's oh. yeah. He's not a big like show like of those type of shows, but didn't he like do a, the American Ninja competition once too? I don't know, but he's actually appeared on Next. Next. Uh, oh, the WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did. Cause, oh, uh, no, not Next, but AEW. AEW. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should look it up. I think he did uh, um, the uh, Ninja Warrior competition, and he just dominated it. So I have I have three shows. Three shows? Yes, that you should add. But you won't because they're on streaming, but they release weekly. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, if it's not Ben, something that has to be Ben. Well, email them to me so I, I can start. Because um, I just go off the TV Guide. TV Guide doesn't list them either. I know. That's but, why. So uh, most of them anyway. Um, but yeah, email them to me. I'll add them. Um, Saturday, August 12th. I think, no, I, I left off with 10 p.m. on thir- Friday, August 11th. At 10.30 p.m. on Freeform is another episode of Praise Petey. Uh, Saturday, August 12th at 7.30 p.m. on Disney's Summer Shortacular with Big City Greens. At 8 p.m. on ABC is Ms. Marvel, the Disney Mm -hmm. Plus series. They're going to be finishing it off 
So it's going to be on ABC from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m., technically off the air by midnight. On TNT is All Elite Wrestling Collision. And at 9 p.m. on check your local listings for Creature Features in Carson City and Reno. It's on channels 191 and 193, respectively, if you have Charter. And Sunday, August 13th, before the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, nothing. So that is what is worth watching on television. And let me get to, how about some games? Here's a selection from the card tabletop and video games that are coming out the week of August 7th. Mm-hmm. I was able to find and will read you the release information for each with a little colorful commentary, of course. Uh, if you are a game maker, small, medium, or even a large one and have something coming out that you would like me to add to my list, contact me at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Please put upcoming game in the subject line and in the body of the email, the company publishing the game, the name of the game with the press release information, very very important what type of game it is very important and if it is a video game also include if it is going to be multi-platform or a digital release and the date it will be released or at least if it's going to be released within that week first up is the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game duelist nexus booster duelist nexus is a booster pack in the Yu-Gi-Oh! official card game and Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game it is the first set in the OCG's 12th series following Cyberstorm Axis and followed by Age of Overlord. Age of Overlord. Speaking of wrestling, WrestleQuest is a multi-platform game. Pro wrestling and RPG fantasy collide in the ultimate pixel-powered adventure. Macho Man Randy Savage oh and tons of other icons offer guidance as you powerbomb your way to glory. Beyond the ring. Oh, man. That's all. That's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time you do something good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's going to be a Slim Jim commercial in there. Step into a Slim Jim. Uh, this hero's journey ain't just an epic quest. It's Wrestle Quest. But anyway, so that's kind of weird, actually. I, I, I wonder how they got the rights to do that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it's not like a WWE thing. Right. All right. Probably licensed. It better be if they got Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Legend Bowl, which is also a multi-platform. Legend Bowl brings you back to the glory days of pixel-style football games of the past. Enjoy a hybrid of arcade-style football and simulation aspects on and off the field. Why would you care about what goes on off the field? It's football. like that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not. I don't care what happens off the field. Custom- well, maybe maybe you can now control, like, do they go to an after party? <laughs> <laughs> Does he get a DUI? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Did he get the cheerleader pregnant? What? Oh, uh, fully customized players and teams to create an endless amount of variety in your league. Sim-based <laughs> controls with challenging gameplay mechanics bring the... F- Fight to your doorstep. I thought it was a football game. Uh, Legend Bowl includes exhibition mode, tournament mode, season mode, training camp mode. What a waste of time that is. And a boatload of customization options. Okay. That's all I got to say about that is okay. Uh, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. I'm sorry, Stray Gods? The role-playing musical. Okay. 
It is a multi-platform release. God's Romance Murder Musical Numbers. Play as grace in a world play as grace in a world where Greek gods live in hiding among us. Change your fate as you draw friends, foes, and lovers into song using their power your powers of musical persuasion to unravel the mystery of the latest muse's death. Is this a it's a tabletop? No, it's a multi platform video game. <laughs> Imagine this as a tabletop. You have to spontaneously sync. That'd be great. Oh yeah, that's a party <laughs> game right there. That's a drinking party uh, game, actually. <laughs> it actually would. <laughs> Good idea. You better get down right. Rob gets ten percent. If anybody heard that, and they're going to do that. Uh, Stray multi-platform release. Finally. Finally. Yes, I'm excited. Lost, alone, and separated from family. See, this is the game that I thought they were basing that movie off of. Oh. <laughs> called Stray. Yeah, Strays. Oh, yeah. That Put an strays. S on there. Make it plural, and that changes nothing. Yes, it is. It changes everything. <laughs> no. Uh, a stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten long city. Stray is a third-person cat adventure game set amidst the detailed neon-lit alleys of a decaying cyber city and the murky environments of its seedy underbelly. Rome surroundings, high and low, defend against unforeseen threats and solve the mysteries of this unwelcoming place inhabited by curious droids and dangerous creatures. See the world through the eyes of a cat and interact with the environment in playful ways. Be stealthy, nimble, silly, and sometimes as annoying as possible with the strange inhabitants of this mystery world. Along the way, the cat befriends a small flying drone known only as B12 Vitamins. Uh, with the help, it's called B12. Mm-hmm. I just put in vitamins. Uh, with the help of his newfound companion, the duo must find a way out. There's no way I know way out. Who sings that? Tesla. <laughs> Didn't know I knew that, did you? Didn't know you cared. <laughs> I, I I actually really can't don't. wait for that game. So right, I was okay. disappointed it wasn't on my platform when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if uh, that'll answer, I'll answer off air. Uh, there are a lot of movies and TV shows in various stages of development that come from the mind of R. L. Stein, and now we have confirmation that the movie, based on his book Zombie Town, has secured a PG thirteen rating. The film earned the rating for some language and bloody images. It better be having bloody images for a zombie film. So while live-action adaptations of his Goosebumps books have been a bit more tame, it looks like Zombie Town will really be honoring the decaying corpses from its title. The film getting a rating also confirms that the film has been completed, though there's no official release date, which is kind of odd, or platform that has been revealed. Could be waiting for distributor. It could be. The novel is described, this used to be such a nice, quiet town, but what? But that was before all the zombies. When 12-year-old Mike and his friend Karen go to see a horror movie called Zombie Town, the last thing they expected is the title characters to come down off the screen and chase them through the theater. It's not popcorn these hungry creatures want to chomp on. It's human brains! Now Mike and Karen frantically try to flee through the panicked streets of their hometown before shuffling bands of zombies turn every last citizen into a ravenous flesh eater. But if Mike thinks he'll be safe once he reaches his home and warns his mom and dad, he'd better think again. When the zombies say, it's lunchtime, no home is safe. Zombie Town is R.L. Stein's delightfully spooky take on the horror genre that's infecting the world. Bite, bite, bite. <laughs> okay. That was punny. P- 
punny or funny? Both. Get ready as some new horror is coming from Amizgo Toys. Unveils their newest Amizgo Designer Series doll. A new mega-scale killer is on the way. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended. As the modern slasher film Terrifier is getting a brand new collection. The art, the clown doll, comes in at 15 inches tall and will feature 11 points of articulation. As well as sound, which is kind of weird because he didn't make a damn sound in the movie. He was mute. He was like a mime, not a clown. But anyway. Really? Okay. Yes. You never saw Terrifier? I didn't see it, no. Oh, you got to watch it. <laughs> you gotta watch it. I, I should have you over. I know and watch about Art the Cloud, like, and I, I wanted to see Terrifier too, but I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta watch him in, in order, and and but yeah, mm-hmm. I think you'll dig it. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. No matter where you're listening, we genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guests Lloyd and Natasha Jones, the owners and creative team of Midnight Comics. There is plenty of time for you to be a part of the double feature Kickstarter, where you can get two number one issues and a whole lot of other cool stuff. Speaking of, check out. Midnight Comics website, midnightcomics.org for all of the latest titles from Midnight Comics, the current Kickstarter, and all of their social media links. Also, a big thank you to the Divine Beast, Lord Armagillion. You can check out all things for the, for the band Armagillion through their Linktree page, www.linktr.ee backslash Armagillion, including social media links and links to the Armagillion YouTube channel and music links. Next week, Sunday, August 13th, our guest will be award-winning fantasy author of the Raven and the Crow series, Michael C. Falciani. We'll be talking with Michael C. Falciani about the upcoming third book of the Raven and the Crow series and other related novels that take place in the Raven and the Crow universe. He has a steampunk novel, actually, that's uh, in the same universe. We'll also be welcoming back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show the president of Bellaton Films and CEO of Hillen entertainment damien hillen damien hillen will be talking to us about his latest major film production three days in malay in theaters this friday august 11th also check out the pop culture boom on facebook for everything you want everything you need from pop culture entertainment daily and subscribe to the pop culture boom youtube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending on behalf of our guests lloyd and natasha jones of Con- midnight comics I almost said concrete comics midnight comics the divine beast lord armageddon Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, Spencer, Rob, and I. Thank you for your continued support. Have a great week. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits.